Hello and welcome to episode 52 of NPS We Trust, a PlayStation podcast. My name's Davey and joined with me, as always, is the fine wine himself, Philip Hoy. We are modern wolves and the time has come. And the sexiest lad in all of PlayStation, Spencer Davis. You are looking damn fine today, my friend. Thank you, mate. It's just, I woke up like this. It's just the way it goes. God damn, if only I could be so lucky. Heaps of moisturiser nighttime remedies everything to keep this old destroyed skin looking at least a little bit supple but uh it's a work in progress lads right well this episode episode 52 we got a lot to go through today we've got a stack of quick news from the last of us day which is today on the day of recording we are recording way later than we normally do but we wanted to see if there's any news that came out from that We've got news from that. We've got the GTA 6 leaks. We've got two different rumors for you. It is going to be an insane episode today. So we'll look forward to entertaining you throughout the next probably three odd hours, judged by how much stuff we've got to go through. But first, guys, to really get the juices flowing, to really get us thinking, I'm in charge of the question. Now, guys, I want to know, what's the best season? The best season? Yeah. What, of the, the year? Of the year. Or spot on your chips? No, no, that's a seasoning, not a season. So, the season. What's your favourite time of the year? What's a single season called? What's just salt, not pepper? Isn't that a season? No, that's just salt. That's not, that's just, can I have salt, please? That's not, can I have a sea, you know, you wouldn't say, I'd like some seasoning on, on this, please. It would be just like, what seasoning would you like, sir? And they'd be like, hmm, do you know, I'll have a little bit of salt and then maybe some pepper. They'd be like, okay, no problem. And then, then there was vinegar on it. Anyway, we're getting distracted here. Guys, we're moving from summer into autumn, or as the Americans call it, fall, which do- does make sense because leaves fall from the trees. But it got me thinking. You know, I got the fire in the background. We're getting a bit cozy now. You know, we got jumpers on, we got hoodies. What's your favorite season? Spencer, I'll come across to you first. My favourite season has always been winter and there's a reason for it. For one, I'm not great with the heat and I definitely wasn't as a kid. I'd get those heat rashes and stuff all the time. So I just didn't like the sun. I'd just stay inside, skive off school and play Kingdom Hearts too. But winter, when I was like, when I was like 13, I just built my new PC. It had overheating issues. So in the summer, I couldn't use my PC. But then in the winter... If it's cold enough, that it wouldn't overheat. So winter was the time for gaming. I could get all cozy, check my dressing gown on, a few pajamas, and I'd just sit in there 48 hours playing World of Warcraft. And that was all I did all winter. Summer, I'd boot up my PC and it'd start screaming. And I was like, man. <sighs> yeah, because of that and just not liking the heat, winter's just always been my favourite. Fair enough. That's a very wholesome little story there. What about yourself, Philip Hoy? What are you going for? Well, this isn't going to be that interesting because I'm going to pick winter as well. Um, For me, my birthday's in November. Christmas is in December. These are the best months. Towards the end of the year, when it gets a little frosty outside, I'm enjoying that time of year. And of course, I also have an annual family holiday that comes up in December, so that's awesome. Um, What else is good? I suppose recording podcasts is going to be good as well in, in the later months, so it's not so hot in your room. We've just come off, well, a bunch of podcasts, haven't we, where it's been roasting in the room, um, unseasonably hot. Um, but now getting towards the winter, it's going to be cold outside, so it's going to be brilliant for podcasting. Turn your PC on full. 
keep you nice and warm. That's very true. Guys, i got to say, I'm a little bit disappointed in you, right? Because I was hoping that one of you would say autumn. One of you would say fall. And the reason why, then, I can make some joke about the fact that you just want to see kids and give them sweets, right? I was just hoping that one of you would say fall and I could really make it go down the Nancy route with it. But it's starting to have to go Christmassy. So all you guys are looking forward to is going around and chucking your sack about with presents for kids, you disgusting little bastards. And here we go, I finally got it in. But my, my season would have been fall if I was putting them up. I, it would be autumn. It is the best. It is the best. You know, not only do you get to see kids dressed up, which, you know, everyone likes, but you... Not in that way, you fucking perv. But you also... Just get to have that lovely bit of weather where a light jumper will do the job. You know, you don't have to go out in a full duffel. You don't need to go out there absolutely put out like as if you, you've got to cover your face with, you know, a million blocks of like scarves and you've got colds and you've got runny nose and the car's frosted over in the morning and you think, oh, Jesus Christ, I can't be doing with this. You can just go out. It's maybe a light bit of rain, a little umbrella, a little hoodie. You're good to go. What? more can you ask for? What more can you ask for, guys? But the reason why I wanted to bring on to this, and the reason why I asked about seasons, is because I was in Aldi today, and I saw some sweets, right? And they got me thinking, they got me thinking. When you think about sweets, and you think about like a Werther's original, you think about kids, right? And you think about that advert with that guy, where he's got like that old guy down the street, and he gives kids Werther's originals, right? What would make a Werther's original better is a name change. Can you see the name on this? It's, the camera's not really picking no. up. They're called Dominion, boys. These sweets <laughs> are called oh, Dominion. <laughs> and this is why I'm going on to my real question. All this just to tie into these sweets. What an elaborate prank. If you could be a villain, like you know my name is Vi Dominion. That's my villain name. What name would you go for? And what would your superpower, your evil superpower be? We've done like what the worst superpowers would be in terms of like in real life. Like we spoke about the human torch. What's your worst? What villain, if you were a bad guy, what would you terrorize the world with? Spencer, the real question begins now. So I also need to come up with a name for myself. Yeah, you've got to name yourself as well. 100%. Oh my God. If you want me to get the juices flowing here. Dominion's powers, we haven't really spoke about what my power would be. I've always thought I'd like the power of magnetism. Always thought that, because then you're just unbeatable. Oh but the problem is that I think the reason why someone like Magneto is like a lovable rogue is because he's got a horrendous backstory that you can kind of empathize with. I wouldn't have any of that, so I'd just be an arsehole. You know, I wouldn't have anything kind of bringing me back from the brink. So instead... What I'd like is the same kind of power that guy had on Jessica Jones, where you can just persuade people to do shit. So, you know, where he's like, oh, bash your head into that wall and people just do the it. The power of suggestion. It's the power of suggestion. That's what I'd want as my power. I think you could just do anything with that. Like, that would be the most busted power and you never break any laws because people are just doing stuff for you. So you say, oh, can you just open your till and give me everything you've got, please? And make sure to never phone the police about it. Yeah. <laughs> have it and they just give it to you and you're like oh thank you so much walk out and they think why did i just do that he must have been a lovely guy no one's hurt there's no problems but you're secretly terrorizing the world 
Dominion, baby. You're under the Dominion. And that's it. That's my power. That's that's what I would bring to the table here. Okay, well, my favorite power and the one I think logically makes the most sense to have in the real world would be teleportation. But although I would use it for myself, I don't think it's the most evil power to have. I think one of the most evil ones, the power of suggestion is a strong one, Davey. It's like the guy from Preacher, where he just tells people to do things. They have no say in the matter. Has to be done. I think you could get real creepy and villainous with invisibility in so many different categories. You could be noncy, rapey, you could be a thief, you could hide in like bank vaults and then leave with the money. Especially if it's kind of a case of things you touch or things you put in your clothes or something go invisible as well. Then I feel that invisibility is broken. And my name, I got one, but it's just a rip. It's just a rip off. Easy. Seeing as it's a villain. Don't tell me it's the invisible man. Nah. I'm not having He's that. A, you're a villain. You turn invisible. I'd say the Phantom Menace. Oh, that's quite strong, you know. I quite like that. That's good. That's a good one. That's a, that's a really good one. And you think about invisibility. You can play the long game with people. Like You can make them feel like they're insane. Like You could just terrorize somebody to even think they're haunted. Just by you going out and just moving a couple of pots and pans and just banging them together, everyone would freak out, right? You could do that. Yeah. <laughs> everyone would freak out. And then what they do is as soon as the priest comes over or something, you just do nothing. Like, just absolutely nothing. So everyone starts thinking they're insane. You know, you, you bring in the most haunted squad, David Okora's there, or whatever his name is, chatting to people. Oh, I sense a ghost to Patrick Swayze here. You know, whatever he's doing, he's talking his nonsense. And you just do nothing. You just go out and have a great time out with the lads that day. And then as soon as they're gone, it kicks right back up in full force. Then at that point, you start ripping up people's homework. They're like, oh, I just spent 10,000 hours on this dissertation. You just go on control, alt, delete, whatever. Whatever you do to shut off a PC, done. It's deleted forever. You rip out the hard drive. You take off the keyboard. You remove all the keys, whatever. You can really destroy people's lives with that on a really personal basis as well. You can get really messed up with it. Let alone, like you said, the Nazi behavior you could do as well. What about yourself, Mr. Philip Hoy? Okay, then, Davey. I've had this one stored up a little while. I think if I was going to be a bad guy, my name would be called The Implanter. And I'd have the power over here. What? What, like doing people's hair implants or what, what are we talking here? Well, well, just think how devastating it is when a man loses his hair. You're worried about this at the moment. <laughs> I am worried I could about click this. my fingers and boom, you would be bald, Davy. I would have power <laughs> over you, ultimate power over you, because I could give with one hand and I could take with the other whenever I wanted. Or on the flip side, I could just make your hair grow and grow and grow until you suffocated. So I'd have ultimate power over everyone or anything that had hair. I'd be rich. People pay an absolute fortune for implants. They go over to Turkey. They get the hair ripped out their assholes and stuck on the front of their heads. I could just do that with a click of my fingers. Here was very important to Donald Trump. I could influence people at the highest level and I could give them hair or I could take it away. The implanter. Ooh. I tell you what, mate, you've come outside the box just like usual. If I had that power, I would give the entire male 
population of the world, the hair of Will Byers from Stranger Things, that absolutely dreadful bowl haircut, you know, where your mum puts a bowl on your head and just cuts around it. He has that kind of thing. And then you're there with the long locks and the nice styled quiff. And what what, what are women going to do? Are they going to go for Will Byers over there, even if he's six foot seven with jacked muscles? No, he looks weird. Go for you, mate. They're going to come over to Samson, baby, because these locks are <laughs> long. Samson the implanter. That's what I'm going for. So how quick does this grow? Is it like instantaneous? Is it like literally just like it pops in and off? You know, like a character creator menu when you go through the cycle through. Is it like that? Think about Magneto with metal. Yeah. He can bend, shape it, manipulate it to his mind. I'm exactly the same with hair. So I could just keep it growing really slowly if I wanted to. Or all of a sudden you could just pop out and you'd be a hair bubble. Going, all this hair. I'm fortunate that, wouldn't it? Because I could have the power over everyone. Everyone and anything with hair, as I said. you got to think as well, Minds. That power actually has so much application because we're just talking about hairstyles. Facial hair, body hair, pubic hair. You could absolutely destroy someone's day. Imagine they pull a bird, take it back to theirs. All of a sudden, oh my God, it's a forest. The three of us working in tandem here could cause some insane problems for people. Because you could have, I could suggest somebody to go and see Phil. And then he changes their, their hair. And, you know, into whatever he wants. And then Spencer can wait, play the long game. He can wait until he gets home to his wife or whatever with his new hair. He's like, honey, I went to see the implanter. He's gifted me with these gorgeous locks. And then as soon as he walks through the door, it's gone. He can like be like, go, Phil, go, go, go. And then... Boom. Oh, it's gone. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. You could do so much with There's that. only one flaw to my plan, though, about hair growth. And I mean rapid hair growth. It's those people who can't grow hair. They'd be immune to my powers. Oh, alopecia people. They'd be, yeah. True, true. I've just thought of that. They'd be my arch enemy, wouldn't they? Mr. Alopecia would be kind of like the good guy versus Samson the implanter. Yeah, but then you got you got me and Spence there as backup then. So he may be your weakness, but maybe the people that I can't... Oh, deaf people. What if he's deaf? I can't suggest anything. What if he's a deaf alopecia person? I'm stuffed too. I can't even help you then at that point. It's just down to Spence. And then he pulls out thermal goggles from his bag. <laughs> and he can see me. We're done, lads. We're, we're done. We're, we're out this plan, right? We're going to have to come up with something else. This is... This is a failure on the highest level. That's a very specialist hero, but it's possible. And uh, I don't like living with it, with it, within those social bounds. Listeners, if you've got any ideas on what your villain power would be and your villain name, write into the podcast, pswtrust at gmail.com. Now let's move on to the show. So guys, I'm feeling pretty thirsty today, but it is a Monday, so I'm drinking nothing but coffee nice bit of kenko very cozy drink from monday evening to get me through the episode what are you guys bringing to the table anything interesting spencer i'll come across to you uh well i'm actually drinking alcohol unlike you however i wouldn't say it's particularly interesting because it's me i love the classic and i'm back on the reds it's the way it is they got a new label now because of the fifa world cup fancy Ooh, it's gold and stuff yeah nice pretty but that's about it, really. And, oh, actually, 
I can go off. Do you know why? Because these buds, unlike in the past, are cold. They're nice. They're chilled. And that's by the power of my brand new mini fridge, which I will never stop talking about because it's busted. Everyone should have a mini fridge. What would you say to those just with a fridge? Just a normal fridge? Would you say the mini fridge is superior in many ways? I'd say grow down. If you just have a big fridge, you're too much of an adult. Imagine, this is a gaming podcast, right? You want to be in your room, your own little gaming space, with a mini fridge just next to you, full of your drink of choice, probably Budweiser's or ciders, and then a bucket to the right of you for when you gotta go. And that's the dream. You never stop the grind. You're always playing. I think if you don't have a mini fridge, you're a loser. That's just the way it is. I've heard that. I've heard that from people. I don't own a mini fridge, and so therefore I am a loser. Loser. But, yeah, I've I've heard that. I need to sort that out. What about a cooler? Would a cooler not not suffice, or is that just a midway step? You're still a loser, but just not as hard as if you just got just a full size adult fridge. I'd say it's it would su- suffice, but mini fridge is always there. It's like having an Xbox, isn't it? It's, it's enough to play next-gen games, but it ain't what you really want. So is that what you're saying, really? The coolers, the the Xbox of the, of the refrigeration game? I think the cooler is the PC of the refrigeration game, and the mini-fridge is the console. Because the cooler, you have to do work. You have to put ice in it or download drivers, as you'd say. Whereas the mini-fridge, turn it on, bang the drinks in, good to go. Nice. Well... I, I gotta ask you one thing before we move on to to Mr. Philip Hoy. With the new Budweiser design, has the label got any texture to it? How does it feel? Does it feel like a quality premium label? Or is it just to Budweiser's normal paper garbo labels? It is. Exactly the same. Ah, oh, what a what a wasted potential. It looks lovely though. I look forward to sampling some of those when we get to the weekend. Can't be doing that on a Monday though, my friend. Mr. Philip Hoy, what about yourself? Are you thinking it's a Thursday, a thirsty Monday? Or are you going for, I was going to say Thursday, Thursday, but it just doesn't work on a Monday, does it? Or are you going for something a bit more PG, maybe like a PG tips? Well, Davey, I'm glad you asked. I'm in work tomorrow, so I'm on Bristol's Finest. I'm on the Council Pop. A big cup of H2O, baby. Jesus famously turned water into wine. Earlier, I was like, no, thank you, Jesus. You can keep your cheap tracks. One point of water in a novelty Orlando Magic lenticular slurpy cup, please. And that's what I'm drinking from. Water. Oh, well, the lenticular design does, does help. Spencer famously was talking about lenticular things for quite early into our podcast if i remember so uh i'm sure that that's gonna hit well for him spence any any thoughts on the lenticular design before we uh actually move on to what we've been playing yes mate i absolutely let me full screen that bad boy oh look at that you see it moving and stuff oh it's my almost God. 3d as if he's gonna dunk on you it is it feels very like magic. he is he I has love... been drinking his water Ooh, he didn't oh. drink that wine from jesus did he no, 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 it looks like you. I have if I keep staring at that. Jesus. But I love lenticular stuff. I think every game should come with a lenticular sleeve. It's just so cool. Well, there you have it. Lenticular, if you want to get a pre-order in, put a lenticular sleeve on it and you're in. And if you can get a lenticular bottle, that's going to win top marks. That might actually eclipse the Grolsch, which so far is the best bottle design we've come across to this day. 
Now let's move it on to what we've been playing. This time on NPS We Trust, what have the boys been playing? So guys, it's been two weeks since the last podcast episode, and I'm desperate to know what you've been up to in that time. I'm going to start today with Mr. Philip Hoy. Well, Davey, what haven't I been playing? I think I'm famous on the podcast for not playing games, just talking a butt-ton about games. But over the last two weeks, I have been playing games. So here is my list. I have completed Deathloop. Bing! I've been playing Tribes Online with yourself, as well as a little bit of Apex. I've been playing Doom Eternal in the office on my PS4. I've been catching up with Half-Life on the PS2, ready for our spoiler cast from the past. And I've also been playing a little bit of Transistor on my Steam Deck, as well as League of Legends pretty much every day. As well as two other games that we've all been playing together. So uh, we'll talk about that after you do Spencer's introduction, I think. Nice. Well, is there anything about the games that you have mentioned there that you want to talk about? Or should we just move it straight on to Mr. Spencer Davis? I think we're going to have enough to talk about with uh, the final two games, really. But yeah, Deathloop finished it. I'm sticking on a seven. Uh, The ending didn't really improve the game for me. And I totally messed up the ending. And I don't want to mess it up for all the Xbox people that are probably playing it through now because it's come out on your consoles. So uh, enjoy. Spencer, let's move it across to yourself. What have you been up to, my dude? Right, well, I've not been up to quite as much stuff as Philip Hoy. I've been playing considerably less. However, I've been playing a game called Kiwi with yourself, Davey. Not sure if you want to briefly interrupt me and talk about that a little bit. Yeah, why not? Why not? People aren't going to know what Kiwi is. And this is a game that um, the Willard introduced me to. And then I introduced you to, Spence. What a great game, man. You play as two little Kiwis who have to do co-op puzzles together. And they're like co-op little challenges, would you say? I, I don't know what they are. They're kind of like word challenges, aren't they? And and different kind of mini games almost within like a post office. I definitely say they're more challenges rather than puzzles because it's it's most for the most part it's just typing stuff up, which it gives you the full word. However, there's just interruptions and distractions throughout, and you just have to try to be as efficient and as coordinated with your partner as you can be. And I mean, we love these co-op games, right? Like we we're the masters of overcooked. We're gourmet chefs when it comes to that. So these kind of games do speak to us, and there is uh, a certain appreciation that we have for them. Do you know, when we started Kiwi, me and Willard originally, I was thinking, oh, well, this will kill an hour or two. It's not going to be that great. And after we'd done the entire first season, uh, which is, it works through, like, uh, summer, fall, winter, etc. You know the seasons. I was hooked after someone really, really enjoyed it. And and then when Spence said, oh, I'll check it out, and, and we picked it up and started then going for kind of the trophy grind for it. It just, it's really grabbed me. I find it so charming. It's such a lovely game to play. And dressing up the Kiwis in like different cool costumes with like having a massively fluffy Kiwi or having one with like a little hat on and a monocle. You just can't go wrong with that kind of charm. And this is why I love PlayStation Extra, bro. Because we get to try out these games that definitely would never, we would never have found this otherwise. I mean, what a what a great service, man, to be able to play a game like this. It's the kind of game I've been craving for after such a long time. Every game that's come out, I've kind of just been, it's been like Stray, Last of Us Part 1, kind of big games to take a lot of energy and time. And this one's just kind of, it's a nice little turn off your brain. Even though you've got to think a lot whilst you're playing it, it's just a lot more casual. 
And it's, I think it's the perfect game I needed right now before we kick into the later half of the year and 2023. Definitely. And and I think for, for you that have PlayStation Extra out there or PlayStation Premium, Kiwi's on there. It's on the service. Go check it out. Find a mate. Get on it. Try it out. Thoroughly recommend it for for myself and Spencer. I know that you uh, you probably agree with me on that. Now, Spence, you've been playing another game, haven't you? That a game that I wish I was playing with you right now in co-op, but sadly it's not yet on the PS5. Do you want to lead off and give us some information on this? Absolutely, mate. I have been playing We Were Here Forever. Now, as the listeners should know, it was quite a while ago, so I forgive you if you don't. I played all the We Were Here games with my friend Dan, and then on PlayStation I played all of them with Davey, co-host of the show. And we got the Platinums on all three games, and those games are just phenomenal. They're co-op, um, like puzzle games where basically you two, usually you go separate ways, you get split up and then there'll be a puzzle where one of you has to give information to the other and then vice versa. And you have to combine the information and both solve the puzzle at the same time and stuff like that. It's just a lot of give and take a lot of, I don't have this piece. Do you have it? Yeah. What's it say? What's that symbol mean? Okay. So that means this, and then you figure it, the puzzles out as you play. We Were Here Forever is the newest addition into that franchise, and it is absolutely stellar. I already think it's the best game out of the four games that exist. And as I'm playing this game, it's just making me so happy. I'm playing it just thinking, oh, I fucking love puzzles. Oh, what an exceptional game. I think if these games keep coming and they all stay as good as this one is, Total Mayhem Games, the developer, is probably going to be one of my favorite developers. I think We Were Here is one of my favorite franchises at this point. It is such an experience. It's fantastic. Wow. What a glowing review. What a glowing review. Now, do we have a kind of date or anything set for when this is coming to PS4, PS5? No. Damn. Damn. Well, I suppose by the time we get to it, hopefully the experience will be a little bit hazy for you you know so that then we can dive into it and experience the, the kind of puzzles and 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 go through it because i i'm definitely keen for 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 checking this one out for sure definitely one to uh to keep on the agenda and especially with you rating it as highly as you have that's something to look forward to so if uh if you guys are out there with your steams you know with your your mouse and keyboard your wasds your space bars your escapes i had to look down at the keyboard check what was there your f1s um, then maybe this is something for you to, to consider picking up. But uh, for me, I'm going to hold off and wait for that to come out. But uh, thanks, that Spencer. That's uh, definitely one for us to watch. Now, guys, there's two games that we've been playing together. One we've put quite a bit of time into, and one we wish we could put a hell of a lot of time into. Now, I'm going to come to the first of these, which we, we played the most, which is the Call of Duty beta. We've played for two weekends of betas in a row i want to know your thoughts on it mr flip Hoy, i'm going to come across to you first because you are not the cod veteran or oh, i suppose you are a more of an old, proper old school veteran to cod but you haven't played any of the recent ones in recent years what are your thoughts yeah i'm a retired veteran aren't i really if you think about it used to be quite a lot and then we've just had a big gap so i'm coming back into the action and i'm happy i have 
Playing the uh, beta at the moment with you lads has been a bit of a treat. And on PlayStation, we are eating good, strangely. You would have thought this would be much more focused towards Xbox, but we are eating good. Obviously, we had the early access on PlayStation and then the open beta. And now we've got another um, early access to the beta on the PlayStation alongside Xbox PC. Um, and the beta, it continues on PlayStation. It's incredible, right? We're getting everything. PC and Xbox have had to wait a little while to get on with us. Uh, really been enjoying Domination. Um, so that's holding the three objectives as well as Invasion. Uh, that's the 40-player battle. Quite enjoyed go going round in the, the big Humvee, running people down. That was very enjoyable. Uh, but the two types of missions that I've uh, probably stood out to me the most and is most like the first persons that I really, really enjoy, Counter-Strike mainly, uh, is the Prisoner Rescue, uh, where you have to extract hostages uh, and you have the team revive which is kind of a new uh, element to the game that I've not really seen too much of in the past um, and then just 6v6 uh, knockouts um, so that's the no respawn so that's exactly like Counter-Strike uh, you play until the team is dead and then the round restarts um, but no I've been loving it really really uh, hype for this game and I'm going to be jumping on it as soon as it goes live. Oh wow that's a bit of a relief for me because I wasn't sure you know, you know it's like we say for any kind of demo or anything you can go two ways with it. It can either like really fuel the fire to pick this up day one, or it can kill it off. And I wasn't sure how you were going to fare, but yeah, I mean, I mean, the hostage rescue stuff's been great. Uh, Search and destroy, of course, is a is a classic. You know, you can't go wrong with that. For me personally, I'm all about that six v six, and I'm sure that Mr. Spencer Davis is probably going to agree with me on this. Spencer, going to hand it over to you. What are your thoughts on the COD beta after two full weekends of play? My thoughts, the game's great. It's fantastic. I don't know why, but it didn't have the same grip with me that the last two iterations of Call of Duty did with their betas. Those two betas, I probably put like 50 to 60 hours in the betas alone, whereas this one was probably more 20, 30. So I did still spend a lot of time with it, but it just didn't grab me as much as the last ones did. I don't know if it was the limited number of maps, the limited number of modes, the fact that I exclusively use the M4 the entire time, or the fact that already camping is the meta. It's a lot of things that went into this game. I think the game feels great. I think the adapter triggers, although they're a lot more subtle than previous years, I think they're good. They're very good. The haptics are beautiful. 3D audio is exceptional, especially with the Pulse headset. I literally, there were scenarios where I got the game winning kill the one time where I was holding an angle and miles away i heard someone running to the left and i turned around and got the shot it's the 3d audio in this game is fantastic they do kind of need to dial down the footsteps though it's a bit broken at the minute but the game feels nice the game feels great crouch sliding although it still exists is a lot harder to do in this iteration which was kind of a broken mechanic in the last two games i think it's great i mean i'm keen i'm a 100 at day one but i was going to be regardless you and I buy this every year and this beta hasn't changed that. But whereas the pre previous beta has kind of fueled the fire, I wouldn't say this one has. But it definitely didn't kill the flames. I kind of get what you mean. This this beta was, I, th I think the way this beta was handled was very different from previous years. The, the first weekend, which where we put, to be honest, the majority of our time with the beta... There wasn't really any change. There was a lot of guns that you could kind of get, but you had to do workarounds for them. There was some weird things like leveling just stopped at level 17 or level 15, sorry, for an entire weekend. 
And then it unlocked then for the second weekend to get to level 30 to be able to get the final beta uh, top rank gun, uh, which you can take into the main game. It's just a weird way to do it. The problem was, I suppose, for me anyway, we got to this weekend and we were busy. You know, we went to EGX, which we're going to be talking about in just a moment. And that kind of took a lot of the time that I would have spent just sat there playing COD kind of away from me. And so that did limit my playtime. Something interesting you said there, Spence, is ringing very true to me. It does get me quite worried that this won't have the legs that, say, Vanguard did or uh, or any of the other cards from the last few years. And that is kind of the meta that seems to be developing with this already. We know that footsteps are really loud. And that wouldn't be too much of a problem if you had ways to be able to eliminate that. You know, if you had a ninja perk or you had Dead Silence as a perk upgrade. But in this, you don't really have that. You've got Dead Silence, which you can activate as a as a loadout option. But upon activation, it sends a signal out that any players around you can hear. So they know that somebody in the vicinity has put on Dead Silence to immediately put them on full alert. And you think, come on. Like, you need something to be able to run around. And the early days of the beta, or even by the end of the first weekend and the start of the second weekend, I was racking up an insane KD. I was I was doing amazingly well. And by the end of the beta, everyone was just holding corners. Everyone was just not moving. And I was getting bodied because of my aggressive playstyle. And I can see that kind of wearing down fast if it goes the same way that Modern Warfare 2019 did in that you will go out into the open and just immediately dead because everyone's just watching chokes and no one's moving. So I'm hoping that with the the feedback that the the community's put out there, which is they want the classic minimap to return, they want footstep audio to reduce, they want a way to be able to kind of counter that camping play style, that we'll see some changes here that will kind of offset that for the finished game. But we'll have no way of knowing now until launch. And regardless... I know that I'll still get a couple of months of solid play with this and really enjoy my time, even if it doesn't hold my attention for the full two years, which they're hoping the game will do. Now, guys, I mentioned it briefly, but we went to EGX on Saturday, which uh, for you European or even um, Pan-Atlantic listeners, EGX is a gaming conference. I'd, I'd, I'd say probably it's like an exhibitor event, isn't it? There's it's where all the public go and it's open to thousands of people that go and get to play games early and you get to have like different kind of developer talks and different kind of celebrities, I guess, like kind of D-list celebrities from the UK kind of go there and, and do stuff on stage and that. But they, they got a chance to play like a load of different games there early before you can play them anywhere else. And the reason why we went to this is for Street Fighter 6. Now we played it for probably about two hours. I'd say all in all of just go, kind of going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to the same setup and just playing it. I want to know your thoughts, guys. Spencer, I'm coming across to you first on this one. Jury is so peng, man. Oh my God. I can't believe, to be fair, we went to EGX with the mental of going around, trying to interview people, get content for the podcast, stuff like that. We played Street Fighter 6 as soon as we got there, though, because obviously that's what we were hyped to do. And then it was kind of just in our brains the whole day. It was just like, oh, we could be playing Street Fighter, though. Oh, we could be playing more Street Fighter. And by the end of the conference, that's what we were doing. We were just staying on rotation on Street Fighter 6, having our own little private tournament between the three of us and X Marks the Box's own Potato Chief, Lewis. 
It was great. It was fantastic. That game feels like what Street Fighter V should have been. And so far, I love it. We didn't get to spend as much time as I'd have liked, because granted, we were late to get there, and then it was a rotation system. We had to join the back of the queue after three games, they said, but we kind of abused that more than we probably should have. And it just felt fantastic. All the systems at work are great. They all feel smooth. The inputs feel great. Granted, sometimes couldn't get my ultra out, but that's probably me not using a stick for the last two years. Ah, <sighs> what a game. I only tried Jury and Ken, and I only tried Ken for one set, but Ken feels awesome. I've I've heard a lot of people say Ken feels good, and I imagine he's going to be a good contender when the game comes out, but Jury, my girl, whoo, she felt phenomenal. My only complaint with her was that her dash was a little slow, and her quarter circle back kick, which blocks projectiles, was also a little bit slower than I'd have liked. But other than that, she felt fantastic. Her combos, I kind of made sense of them by the end. And the systems definitely work in her favor. But I just need the game now. I need, I don't like labbing. I've never labbed in a fighting game. This is going to be my time. This is when I start labbing. Ooh, the evolution of Spencer going from a, a Luddite to a lab rat. That's what I like to see. Phil, you're a veteran of Street Fighter, same as myself. We've been playing Street Fighter for years, only to really drop in off for Street Fighter 5, which neither of us enjoyed. Thoughts on Street Fighter 6? Absolutely blown away, my man. And as you said, yes, we were over at EGX on Saturday the 24th. We went Team Strong, um, so it was MPS We Trust, X. X marks the box. So Lewis Potato Chief uh, came down with us. We drove up in the morning and we had an afternoon at EGX. Um, and for the majority of that time, as you said, we played Street Fighter. Uh, we got the pleasure of playing the Troll version. Uh, so that's uh, version 0 uh, 10, 10. Um, So that was the build that included Ryu, Ken, Chun-Li, Luke, Jamie, uh, Guile, Jury and Kimberly to get them all out. Um, I played my the majority of the time with Guile because he's the most similar to Blanca, uh, the character which I main, a charge character. Uh, and for me, the game feels a lot like Street Fighter 4. A lot of the timings and grabs and inputs were very similar to what I remembered. Um, but one thing I really wanted to comment on was the loading times were instant hardly any time waiting in between matches and we took advantage of that because you were only meant to stay on for three matches and we were bamming the keys as fast as we could to go forward into the next match and we didn't need to really because the loading times were so instant so we actually ended up getting a few extra don't tell capcom a few extra matches in while we were there but it was awesome um but my question to you lads is release date because i cannot wait for it um as we know the game that cannot be mentioned, or it can be mentioned in this part of the show, releases on the 23rd of March, uh, 2023. So what are we saying for Street Fighter Six? It's got to be the summer next year, right, lads? It's a, it's a pretty weird one, because without you know Resident Evil 4 Remake, if that wasn't coming out where it is, I would say Street Fighter would be coming out in Feb. Because that's where Street Fighter Five launched last time. It seems like a great time for a fighting game in the early part of the year. The only issue is... Why would they want to do that when February this year, everything that was supposed to be a powerhouse game coming out for, for this year has been bumped to that quarter? So now I'm thinking, push it a little bit. Get it out of there. Because the early part of next year, 2023, is wild. There is so much stuff that didn't want to compete with COD and with God of War that's just gone for the early part of next year. I wouldn't want to contend in that space, let alone with RE4 there. 
So I'm thinking maybe a May, a May release. But even then, the game looks fucking done. The game looks done. The, the amount of confidence that Capcom are showing in this from everything we've seen, and there's more stuff all the time. I, I can see it just coming out, you know. I can see it coming out early part of the year. But for the sake of this, I'm going to say May. Don't know what you think, Spence. Bro, you're bang on right. The game, it feels finished. It feels like a finished product. And Phil, I think you are right. I'm guessing like a June release. But my brain is saying June. My heart, <laughs> my poor heart wants to say like bloody December this year. It wants to say February. It wants the game now. I won the game in my PS5 right now. My, I, oh, the game's finished. There's no way the game isn't finished. Maybe they got like two or three more characters to work on. It's the vanilla release. There's only going to be like 12 characters. Come on, Capcom, man. Just release the game. As much, I think it's going to be June. I do think it's going to be June. My heart says that you were right, Davey. My heart says February. Even though there's still not a date and there really should be. I'm just going to cling on to what my heart says. Logically, it's June. I'm going to say February. Well, the interesting thing, and I'm sure we're going to get onto this kind of discussion later on in the podcast for certain things, for one of the rumors especially, we've got a PlayStation showcase on the horizon. Garen damn to it. Before the end of the year, we will have one. I reckon I'm calling it in October that we will have a big showcase event. 100%. There's too much stuff going on at the moment that we don't have concrete information on, they're bound to. They're bound to, especially to drive up the hype towards holiday season, you know, to try and get those Christmas sales in. I can see that's where you kind of announce a date for it. I can see there being a date release soon because they're getting so much information out of everything. Either that or you save it, I suppose, maybe for the Game Awards. Maybe. That's, that's pretty close as well. So one of those two events, you're going to see a date. I, I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later like you guys are, because my thoughts on this, just to echo your thoughts, really, both of you, holy hell, this is everything I've wanted ever since Street Fighter 4. Literally everything. It felt perfection to me. It felt like, like you were saying, Phil, felt like Street Fighter 4 again. And that's enough praise in there to get me in. And I played Ryu exclusively over the entire thing, trying to learn some combos, trying to lab some roots, trying to figure out some of the mechanics. And I barely scratched the surface with it. And that's what makes me excited is how much more there is to learn and how nutty this game is going to be with its systems that it has. With its different kinds of parries, its different kinds of focuses. Oh, I just can't wait to learn more and get in that lab. Yeah, well, the funny thing was when we were fighting head-to-head, I think we were just playing Street Fighter 4. I don't think we were using any of the Street Fighter 6 mechanics, which I found out when I played Spencer, because he started using them very fast to beat me. Um, but lads, we're looking forward to the closed beta test. That's 7th to the 10th, so we'll be getting our hands on it very, very soon. But I want it now. I don't want to have to wait till the end of the year. I don't want to have to wait till September. And that's what they're threatening, aren't they, by saying summer. It could be anywhere in between June and September for my money. And I don't want to be waiting for September, because I need it. I need to get in the lab. I need to get Blanker out. And I need to learn this game now. I mean, what a glowing, what a glowing review. Would you say, looking at the lineup for next year's games, would you say this is right up there with one of your most anticipated games for next year? Oh, 100%. 100%. I, I would rate 
Street Fighter 4 is probably in my top 10 games of all time. I don't know. There's a lot of, you know, top whatever games going around at the moment. I've seen that on Twitter. I'm very tempted to see if I can do my 25. Is it 25 that's been going around, Spence? You're nodding at me. Yeah. Top 25. So definitely Street Fighter 4 would have uh, entered into my top 25 games of all time. So yeah, I am psyched for this Street Fighter 6 edition. This Street Fighter 6 is currently my most hyped game. Out of all the games coming out, I'm most anticipating Street Fighter 6. It is not close. It is not close. Street Fighter 6, by a mile. This game felt so sick. I'm so excited to actually play it properly and figure out what Jury even does. I didn't know any of her inputs going into that game. I saw someone else in the queue do a jumping dive kick, and I was like, what? Jury does that? I didn't even know. I never used it once. I didn't know what the input was. I need to figure out this game, and to do that, I need the game now. I am hyped. Yeah, it's going to be up there for me as well. I mean, you think about the games we've got next year, you've got potential for a Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, you've got a Resident Evil 4 remake. It's right up there with that. That's the kind of level of hype we're talking here. We're talking the same kind of level that we were hyped for with Village. That same kind of level... Capcom just doing it year after year. Capcom are on an absolute killing streak right now. They are dominating. They've always been up there with one of my favorite publishers. Easily my favorite publisher at the moment. Even better than Sony's own first party content. I cannot wait to see what Capcom deliver us in Street Fighter 6. And all the signs are showing to be extremely positive. They've got confidence in it. And we, as a podcast, definitely have confidence in Street Fighter VI. Can't wait to learn more down the road. In Capcom, we trust. Now let's move it on to quick news. Quick news. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the show once again. We are at quick news. And I'm sorry, this is going to be a long one. So we're going to medium news. As you know, or as you should know, we do impressions. We challenge each other to do impressions um, to kick off each news article. Uh, and this time round, we're going to do superhero noises, okay? So that can be anything to do with a superhero. So it might just be what they scream when they shoot their superpowers, or it might just be an imitation of them just day to day. So it might be Clark Kent tipping his glasses. It might be a little impression like that, but we'll have to see. So I'm going to come over to Spence first. And I want to challenge you to give me your best Gambit impression. You don't want to know how I keep myself busy. Quick news. Today, boys, the day of recording is The Last of Us Day. Fans have been waiting for ages, ages for this day, hoping to hear about factions. However, they're going to have to wait a little bit longer because all we've got was some GIFs of The Last of Us a wallpaper, but also the HBO trailer of the new show that's coming out, which I thought looked pretty good. Everyone knows I'm a massive The Last of Us fan, but I never really expect much from these The Last of Us days. It's never anything massive, but I'd like to know what you lads think. I'd like to know if you get excited for these days, if you expect them to show more today, maybe just, well, just more. So... I'm going to look at you both and decide who I want to pass it to first. Phil had a chuckle. I'll give it to him. He had a little chuckle to himself then. To be fair, 
I don't expect anything new. I just expect a butt ton of marketing. And that's what I've received. I've seen lots of new graphics, which have been very nice to see on my Twitter timeline. And I think that's about it. It's brought a nice smile to my day. I've looked at that and thought, that's nice. And I think that's all that I could ever hope for, for a, a day dedicated to a video game. There's not going to be anything new because it probably doesn't fit with the calendars um, and the release schedule of their games. It's just going to be some marketing material. And that's what we got today. I mean, yeah, completely agreed. Davey, mate, are you hoping for more? Well, I think because Neil Druckmann kind of set my expectations at the Summer Game Fest, where he said that, no, we're not going to be showing Factions 2 till next year, till 2023, I wasn't expecting anything huge. I know a lot of the community were expecting, you know, Factions gameplay, you know, The Last of Us 2 remake or remaster, whatever. I wasn't expecting anything like that. I was expecting exactly what we got, which is the gifts. The gifts are like my favorite part of this. The Last of Us gifts I use all the time. They're so funny. And so to see like a shitload more memes that they've just put on with Joel and Ellie, couldn't ask for more than that. And I, I really enjoyed that. The, the wallpaper they've shown is nice. Personally, I'm not invested enough to be able to, to have a wallpaper for that. I'd rather stick to having my son on there. But, um, you know, for those that don't have kids or if you do have kids, you don't love them enough then maybe Last of Us wallpaper's there for you, you know, for those people that want that. Um, but I, I was I was relatively happy with what they had, I think, overall. I think my expectations were in the right place for this. I don't know about yourself, though, Spence. Were you, uh, are, were you excited by the gifts and the wallpaper? I know you like a wallpaper. I mean, I as much as I'm a massive Last of Us fan, everyone knows the biggest fan in existence arguably i do not care about the last of day i never have and i don't think I ever will nothing is ever shown of any significance it's a day to just remind people that last of us exists and i don't need reminding because i cherish last of us every single day i grab my cases and i tuck them in the bed with me and my little platinum trophy i've got i do not need reminding because trust me if anyone knows that it exists is me but what do you guys think about the the HBO trailer? Because that was one thing that, for me personally, I'll just give you my thoughts on it. I was really impressed by it. I thought it looked brilliant. And the amount of things, the amount of shots they showed that were like one-to-one -one with the game absolutely blew me away. Seeing the tower where you encounter like your first clickers in the game, where it's all chucking it down and you go inside and there's the leaning tower there and you're moving around that office block. Bro. Sign me up. I reckon this is going to be really, really good. And I've, I don't think I've said that yet about a video game adaption. But I'm putting, my, I'm putting my hat in the ring here. I reckon this is going to be great. And judging by what we've seen, all it did was get me hyped for watching this next year when it comes out. Don't know about you guys. I mean, yeah. It looked fantastic. It looked amazing. It looked as close to the game as it could be. But although it looks amazing it's like it's a fantastic game it's a near perfect game if not a perfect game all they had to do which to to be fair most most people struggle with is just translate it to film or show which i think is the perfect medium for video game adaptations they should just stop making movies it doesn't work other than sonic which he's just a dude that runs like they had a, a lot of room to work with and these ones, they kind of just try and make their own twists and stuff. Last of Us, you can't really do that. Maybe little changes here and there. But if they made any major changes to it, it just wouldn't work. It needs to be a one-to-one, -one, and they couldn't do that with a movie. It has to be a show. 
and HBO just have the budget to do it, have the budget to make it perfect. The, the cast is phenomenal. Everyone looks like what they should look like. The setting's perfect. The kind of environments are perfect. It's going to be sick. I'm keen. I'm so keen to watch it. And if they change anything, I'm going to be sad. Very sad. I want to basically play Last of Us without actually touching a controller. That's all I want. Filmate, not sure what you think. Well, Spence, I'm glad you asked. Because I have been burnt too many goddamn times with video games saying, oh, we're going to be a movie. And I'm like, brilliant. I'm front of the queue. I've already bought the t-shirt. I've bought all the merch. And it is terrible. We go opening night. We cancel all our plans. And it is terrible. Oh, we're going to do a TV show. Brilliant. Get up early. Ready to watch it. It's terrible. So I haven't got high expectations for this one. As much as the trailer did look good. And normally I'd be right right there with you lads. I'd be already ordering the t-shirt as I said. But no. I'm going to hold back. I'm going to stay skeptical. And take it as it comes. I think the thing is. You're obviously. Where you say show's terrible as well. Obviously, that's always the game that can't be mentioned. They can't translate it to anything. It never works. Whereas I've just watched a cyberpunk show, the anime, exceptional. The Witcher show on Netflix, exceptional. Video game adaptations, the Uncharted movie, even then was good. Probably should have been a show. Could have been a bit more serious and stuff. It was fine. It was good. Other games can do it. Just not the game that can be mentioned. It never, never, never works. I think this fantastic story easily could be done well. They just have to commit. And I think from the looks of the trailer, they have. Davey, mate, for your impression, I would love to hear your best Black Bolt from the Marvel Universe. Be gone. Quick news. Babylon's Fall, the platinum-developed Square Enix-published co-op action RPG is not long for this world. Servers are coming to an end on the 27th of February 2023, which is one day off its one-year anniversary. Its first year being alive, it's dying. Now, it's not surprising a Steam shows it's currently being played by two players. You heard me right. However, one thing to note here this game needs an internet connection to be able to play it, even if you're playing it on its on your own. So if you want to grind for the Platinum, you have a deadline. After the 27th of February, this game is unplayable. Now, numerous stores in response to this have started giving away the game for free. So you might be able to just find a copy. And looking at it online, it's a 3.5 out of 10 difficulty to Platinum, 25 to 35 hours. So it's something, Spencer, that you and me, we could actually get on this and be one of the only people in the world to actually own the Platinum for it, which would be quite cool. If we can find it for like £1.50, I think I might just pick it up and do it, just so I got it there. And it's one of those games that I think that in 10, 15 years' time, it's a game that might go for a bit of money, because nobody will own it. So it might be something, you never know, maybe for those collectors out there. Something to keep an eye on. But yeah, time's ticking, boys. Phil Hoy, I'm coming across to you. And for your impersonation today, I want an impression of Doctor Doom. 
Hidden missiles. Quick news. Who am I? A lone question appears in the foreground of a mysterious new poster by Kojima Productions. Behind the text is an unknown female character with her face darkened. The figure is seemingly standing in front of a few bright lights as she faces the camera. Boys, he's at it again. Now, could that be a hint to his next game? Kojima-san is known for his cryptic tweets. And if you've been listening to his podcast, Brain Structure, available on Spotify, you'll know a little bit about how this man functions. I'm at a loss with this one. But if you're any closer, listeners, pswetrust at gmail.com. Guys, do you have any clue what this could be linked to? Oh, dude, none of us are going to have a fucking clue. Like, when you think about Metal Gear Solid 4, Metal Gear Solid 5, how they were shown... Metal Gear Solid 5 was like a Moby Dick whale, and there was a website for Moby Dick. And you're like, what the hell's this? And it was all to do with the whale that appears in, in MGS5, but no one would ever know. Like, people somehow figure this shit out. I am not one of these guys. I do not have a clue. My, my gut is telling me it's for the unannounced Xbox game that he's working on. I reckon it's more for that than it is anything for the PlayStation Nation. I don't think it's like Death Stranding 2 or anything like that, but who knows? Who knows? It could be the game's called Camera Flash. And it's just about taking silhouettes of people in Victorian England. I don't have a bloody clue where this is going. I don't know, Spencer, if you got any ideas? Bro, my brain couldn't comprehend what it could possibly be. I physically can't waste any brain power trying to decipher it because it will end my life. Uh, it could be anything. And... I don't know Kojima as well as you boys do, or definitely not as well as Twitter does. This isn't for me. This isn't for me to work out. This is for me to be like, oh, sick, cool, whenever it's found out. And that's it. Yeah, I gotta say, the whole game-making thing, the whole, like, game that he plays with the media, I'm not really all for it. Like, I I never figure it out. And so I sit there and I, I watch, like... 10 different videos on YouTube where someone's pondering over every single pixel in a video. What's, what's Kojima saying here? What's he saying here? Does this mean this? Does this mean the disaster that happened in 1982 that he's referencing in this, with this font? And I think, you know what? I just can't be asked for this. I'll wait till he comes out on stage at the Game Awards and says, Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. We're working on this. And everyone says, way. And then I just go on with my day, right? And I start jacking off in the corner thinking about Kojima again, which happens every time he comes out on stage at the Game Awards and cucks me with his podcast that Mr. Philip Hoy is enjoying. Phil, have you got any Have you got any ideas on this one? I am all out, honestly. That man thinks on a different level to literally everybody else. And if you have listened to that podcast, and I definitely recommend it, I bring it up every, all the time, just some of the things that he's thinking about just he was talking about aliens on the last one that i listened to so uh yeah some pretty far out stuff and i've learned some things as well do you know how solid snake came up well do you know how he came up with the name solid snake my only guess would would be that it's in reference to um to pliskin in um in of course the the 1980s classic escape from new york that's obviously where he got the character from and referenced in Metal Gear Solid 2 especially but outside of that and his love for Kurt Russell I have no idea 
Well, he was saying about that, you know, Snake was a, a sneaking character, much like a snake, how he slithers around. But a snake is wig wiggly, so he wanted to juxtapose the name. So instead of being Wiggly Snake, he called it Solid Snake, so it's much more aggressive in the name. So the way he looks at things and the way he thinks about things is very different. So who's got a clue what the hell this, is, this poster's going to be about? But moving on. Spencer. I want to hear your best impression of Gambit's love interest, Rogue. I know you do a wicked female impression, so let's hear it. Because that's both what she's doing the Gambit and what her powers do to you. Quick news. PlayStation Stars, the long-rumoured loyalty program for Sony, has been confirmed. And here are the details straight from the PlayStation blog. I'm going to read this verbatim. It's going to be quite long, but we will go off on it. So I hope you're ready. Today, I'm pleased to reveal PlayStation Wizard Disappeared. Hello, stop moving the dock, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I was just doing mine up. Try try it like it, this is like as if you're reading it under an. Try earthquake. read it as it try, moves. Try try reading it as it yeah. moves. <laughs> extra points you get you get extra points to make up for that shit fucking uh, impression if you can if you can do That's this. That's great. What do you mean? That's what she sounds like. All right. Um, I'll stop. I'll stop. That was funny though. Whew. Today, I'm pleased to reveal PlayStation Stars, a brand new loyalty program that celebrates you, the player, for being on this ever-growing gaming journey with us. PlayStation Stars will be free to join when it launches later this year. Once you become a member, you'll earn rewards by completing a variety of campaigns and activity. Our monthly check-in campaign simply requires you to play any game to receive a reward, while other campaigns require you to win tournaments, earn specific trophies, or even be the first player to platinum a blockbuster title in your local time zone. All PlayStation Stars members will have opportunities to earn loyalty points. Points can be redeemed in a catalogue that may include PSN wallet funds and select PlayStation Store products. As an additional benefit, PlayStation Plus members enrolled in PlayStation Stars automatically earn points for purchases on PlayStation Store. Also, as part of PlayStation Stars, we are unveiling a new type of reward called Digital Collectibles. Collectibles are as diverse as our portfolio of products and franchises. They are digital representations of things that PlayStation fans enjoy, including figurines of beloved and iconic characters from games and other forms of entertainment, as well as cherished devices that tap into Sony's history of innovation. There will always be a new collectible to earn, an ultra-rare collectible to strive for, or something surprising to collect just for fun. We hope this new program brings to mind past gaming memories while making you excited for the future of PlayStation commemorating the gaming eras we created together, charting new paths to explore, and bringing players together for global celebrations. This is just the beginning for PlayStation Stars, and the program will continue to evolve over time. We're currently doing some early tests on this program before launching it later this year in phased regional rollouts. So, obviously we don't get this right away. It's probably going to go to some parts of Asia first, and then be rolled to us later on. But, from all I've read out, lads, what are your thoughts? Are you excited for this to finally come to us? Or are you just not a fan of PlayStation services? Phil, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts, mate? I don't need any more backgrounds or little pictures or, you know, 
themes or any of that kind of garbo that you have on your PlayStation. When I got on my PlayStation, I only got limited time. I want to play games. I don't need to look at pretty pictures outside in the menu structure. It's just not for me. All of this in the bin couldn't care less. I know it's free. And that's probably the point Davey will argue in a second that they're giving you this. This is a reward. But for me, I couldn't care less. Honestly, not for me. I would turn it off if I could. <laughs> I was going to say fair enough, but uh, like <laughs> actively turning it off when it does nothing but benefit you is insane. Davey, mate, I would love to hear the counter argument. Lay it on us. Well, there's not really so much a counter-argument other than you don't have to opt into this, right, Phil? So if you don't want to get free stuff, then you don't have to. It's something that Willard always says to me about trophies. He's like, oh, he already has them muted. He's like, I wish I could just opt out so I don't earn them. And my mind just doesn't comprehend it. It's so foreign to me and how I feel about it. For me, I am so in for this. I'm so in for pretty much every single part of it. The collectible stuff I think is quite cool. It's one of those things that I know I'll go back to in years gone by when I boot up my PS5 for something and I'll just like looking at them. It's the same way that on my PS3, I look at the backgrounds that I got free for being like an OPM official PlayStation magazine subscriber years ago when I got like free backgrounds included on demo discs and I fucking love it. I love all that stuff going back. It just brings back so many memories, so much nostalgia and the same way that when I played Astro and getting all the collectibles and seeing all different parts of PlayStation's history, that really vibes with me. And I may not enjoy really like, you know, displaying them or any of that bollocks, but I think just earning them for my activities is a nice little sweetener there while I'm grinding out a platinum. And if I've got the opportunity there to be the first one, I've already been the first one to complete games and I've, and I could, if I really wanted to, I'd been the first one to Platinum White Day when I reviewed it, because nobody else had. I was the first one to beat it on PlayStation 5 uh, in the world, which is quite cool. But if I could earn like a little collectible for that, for being the first one to do something, that's awesome. I think that's just cool. It's just little things that kind of tie you into the brand, give you something for nothing. And I'm slowly moving into more digital than I ever have before. With things like COD, I've just bought that pre-ordered digital I buy quite a lot of things digital these days now, as well as buying it physical. If I can get some wallet funds to help me with that purchase just for playing games in the ecosystem that I enjoy playing them, why the hell not? It keeps me engaged, not like as if I even need a reason to be engaged, but it keeps me there and it gives me something for nothing. So why the hell not? I'm all for this. What about yourself, Spence? I mean, what's not to enjoy? I think free stuff is free stuff. I will never turn down a bit of charity. I never have, I probably never will, unless it's the insulting kind. But this isn't. If I can earn some digital money to lessen my expenses on games, class. If I could earn a digital replica of the Dead Island Riptide bust, awesome. Look at that whenever I want in 4K HDR. Epic. If I could get a digital statue of the coolest character in video games, Mr. Cloud Strife, oh my god. It'd be sick. I mean, I've I don't see an issue with this program in the slightest. It's kind of structured so that you kind of can't have an issue with it because if you don't want want it, don't enter it. And if you do, no harm. You're not paying anything. They're paying you, if anything, to just do what you're already doing. I'm chuffed. It's fine with me. I'm grateful for it, really. It's just something good. 
ultimately, we have to see if it changes our behavior or not. Platinums have definitely changed how I approach games, and the Platinum completion rate and the difficulty for it is something that I look on to in pretty much every single game there these days. I look on, is it something that I want to put the effort in to do? And I, I set that precedent before I go out there. And if they say, oh, well, you know, it's a 6 out of 10 difficulty, 70 hours, but you get a cool-ass Buster Sword little collectible there and £5 PSN credit. That might be the sweetener there that I think, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go for it. Let's put the time aside. Let's do it. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, super down for this. So moving forward, Davey, my next superhero for you. Now I've got a massive poster to my right of basically most the Marvel big cats. I also have some statues. So I'm going to take some inspiration from that. I'd like to hear your best vision impression. Or Jarvis, if you will. Same voice. He just says the Thor, where he's just like, he just turns around and he's like, you dropped this. It's just the hammer. And Thor's just like, takes it from him. Don't know. Fucking vision. Totally forgettable. Wanda. Wanda, I can't let you leave this house, Wanda. It's for your own protection. Quick news. Die by the Blade has a release date, the 3rd of November. Have you heard of this? No, probably not. Nor would I, until I saw this put out by PlayStation themselves. It's a fighting game, 1v1 fighting game, where you die in a single hit. All about your blocks. It's basically Bushido Blade for the next generation. What more do you need? It's developed by Triple Hill and two other developers, so I'm not sure... Triple Hill seems to be the main one, but it's published by UK's own Kowali Studio. Guys, have you seen this, and are you excited by it much like I am? Philip Hoy, you seem like the kind of guy that would have played Bushido Blade back in the day on PS1. Well, you'd be wrong. Once again, I wasn't. I much missed that game, unfortunately. Um, and I haven't heard a lot about the game you're uh, you're introducing, unfortunately. But it does sound interesting, right? A new take, a new fighter. I'm well up for fighting games at the moment. We are in the spirit, running up to Street Fighter Six. So why not? If it comes out and it's available, maybe is, is this a PSN kind of game? Kind of sounds like it to me. I'd, I'd give it a blast, sure. But will it keep my interest? I'm not sure if there's enough there with a one-hit kill fighting game. But we'll have to wait and see. How about yourself, Spence? How are you feeling? I mean, it looks awesome. I've looked into it a little bit. It does look great. However, in fighting games, neutral isn't my strong suit. And in a one-hit KO fighting game, it sounds to me like it's going to be entirely neutral-based. I'm more about the advantage state of trying... Namely in Smash, because that's the biggest fighter I play. Call it a party game, what you want, it's a fighter. I'm all about getting as many hits in in a short amount of time when I get in. Not, I'm going to space perfectly around this one move so I can get in. I'm just going to hope for the best, mash buttons, and then when one lands, I take it as far as I can. That doesn't exist in this game. I literally can't do that. I'm just going to kind of die. I suppose. The thing about it is, though, that it's, it's, all, it's all about the blocks. So I think you can attack like an absolute crazy madman. And as long as your parries are there, you, you can really mess someone up by the looks of it. So I, I think you and me will have a good time just getting the parries. You think about like when we play Nidhogg, and that's a one-hit kill fighter. 
And uh, if you want to call that a fighter, but it kind of is. And you think about like the kind of tense moments you get into with the sword fights there. I think depending on how rewarding the parry system is and the kind of repost system and the blocks and how that works, that would be the make or break for this game. And if it's trash, if it's not rewarding to do those, then it ain't, ain't going to be, you know, it would die by the blade. It would be tragic. But if it's if it turns out that that mechanic is really well implemented, I can see us having a lot of fun with this. But um, who knows? Hopefully it's something that gets announced onto uh, PS Plus and we can all try it or we get a game trial or something. That's what we need. Something to really try it, get the feel for it before then we put it into our hands. But certainly one to watch, guys. Now we're spicing up the order as we go into our final piece of news each. So, Mr. Spencer Davis, I'm coming around to you. And as Philip Hoy has put the X-Men flavor out there, I'm thinking like carrying it on, but we'll go for go for somebody who's got loads and loads of quotes. I'm going to go across, and I'm hoping you you kind of get a what I'm hoping you do here. I want to hear your I want to hear your juggernaut impression. Do you know who I am? I'm the juggernaut, bitch. That's what he says. Quick news. Confirmed, boys, on Sony's official PlayStation podcast, PSVR 2 News, we now know that PSVR games aren't compatible with PSVR 2. Instead, games could be patched to work with the headset, but we don't know if there'll be additional charges or if the PS Plus freebies will carry forward. Now, boys, do you think this is really that bad? I mean, I kind of figured this might be the case. But I'm not sure what you guys thought about this. So, Davey, I'll pass it to you first this time. What are your thoughts? Do you know what? I was actually gutted with this. And it does make sense why they're not doing it. Because it's completely different tech. But my mind didn't go there. My mind this entire time has been thinking, Ooh, I've been racking up shitloads of, PS, uh, of games on PS Plus for PSVR since the dawn of time. I've got a massive back catalogue. I can't wait to buy this and have like 20 or 30 yard games there ready for me to dive in with some of the best of the best of last gen. It didn't occur to me that actually it's completely different tech. And so it's probably not going to work the way I think. My mind just didn't go there. So I was actually really gutted here in this. I really was. That was my first, my first kind of thoughts. Absolutely gutted. The... The fact they're charging an additional fee to be able to... Well, the fact that they're making old games possible to work with future patches puts hope out there. Because I really want to play Astros. I really want to play that on PSVR 2. I'm just... I'm hoping... Hoping against hope that they're not going to nickel and dime us. But it's Sony. So you never know. What about yourself, Phil? Were you surprised by this news? I wasn't surprised because, as you said, this is Sony. I was gutted as well, right? Imagine you get your shiny PSVR 2 out of the box. You put it on and you're like, yep, there's no games. But you've got hundreds of PSVR games to play. Are you going to put your old tech on and play it? I just hate that excuse. Oh, they come from different systems. It just seems like a missed opportunity where someone can come in with new kit and play some old games. That would be amazing, right? You'd have a massive back catalogue to kind of play through on your new shiny PSVR 2. It doesn't matter that the game isn't new. 
play the new hardware. I just feel like, as I said, it's a missed opportunity for Sony to be able to kind of really show some value to the people that have subscribed to PS Plus for the years and years and years that we we all have. Well, um, only a year for me, year and a half maybe. Uh, but you guys, years and years, right? And you've been racking up those games and now you can't play them because none of us have got a PSVR. And if you buy a PSVR too, still can't play those games. Unless, of course, they do some patching, which potentially they will. What about yourself, though, Spence? You're you're a guy who's been in the VR space for quite a long time. You're kind of our advocate for PS, well, for VR in general on this podcast, being the only one to actually own a VR unit. Were you surprised about this news, same as myself and Philip Hoy were? I wasn't surprised at all. I fully kind of thought this might be the case. And although it is a massive shame, I very much see, namely the big titles, maybe like your Beat Saber or your Boneworks or first party stuff from Sony, I expect a lot of those will be upgraded free of charge or probably the first party Sony ones maybe get like an upgrade fee of like $10 or £10, maybe less because it's VR games, they're not that expensive compared to actual, I was going to say actual games, so it's a bit offensive to VR console games but i kind of figured this would just be the case i mean it makes sense this whole new hardware why wouldn't they they can now kind of remaster and upgrade the old games and sell them for an extra buck sony would kind of be silly not to do this i know it kind of treats your customers right to make it work but the amount of work they'd have to do to make it work would be quite a lot without the actual developers of the games doing it themselves, which is what I expect them to do. Sony doing it for them. I can't see it happening. They can't even get PS3 games to work. Why would they get P- PSVR? Well, the good thing is we got a number of different support studios now that we never did before. You know, and they're doing a lot with the PC space with like Nixus and stuff where they put in putting these games out and being able to get them on a good clip now. We, you know, we know it's Spider-Man, Miles Morales is around the corner coming out in, in November or December. Uh, for PC. So who knows? Maybe they'll be able to chuck it to some of these support studios to be able to say, yeah, do you know what? Get Astro's Playroom on there. Get, um, what what's that? What's that one game they had? The heist, that the, the full thing that was like a heist demo that they turned into a full game that was done by London Studio. I can't remember it now off the top of my head. But you know what I mean? These kind of like bigger, um, like Firestorm or, God, you know, how... How out of date am I with VR that I don't even know any of these games, right? This is the problem. They can get this into a brand new brand new audience if they just put them out. And the thing that worries me, that really gets me worried, is that say they don't upgrade these, they don't put them over 4K liquor paint, and they say, well, those ones that you had on PS Plus, sorry, they're null in void with the PSVR 2. Just like they did with, like, you know, the Final Fantasy PS... Uh, PS4 version they gave away isn't compatible with the PS5 version. You've got to pay for the upgrade. I think this new version of Sony is probably going to fuck us. Uh, and I hate to say that. That's just my thoughts. Sorry, Phil. I know you had a question that you wanted to raise. What I was going to say is, aren't we such Sony apologists? Because if this was any other platform doing this... Backwards compatibility would be one of the main things they thought about. If it was PC, it wouldn't even matter because it's all backwards compatible. But if that was over on the Xbox Marks the Box podcast, you know that would be a big selling point that it's got backwards compatibility. They always talk about that stuff. But Sony, we're just used to them going, yeah, we're going to charge you for all this and we'll just roll over and let them tickle our bellies. 
It's true. It's true. I mean, I, I don't think any of us are apologizing for this, but we're just being realistic in the fact that is it going to be a selling? Is it going to be something that stops us buying the PSVR 2? No. Ultimately, it's a nice sweetener. The price is the big, the big thing. If this is priced crazy high, that would be our stopping point, not the fact that we can't play our PSVR 1 games. It would just be a nice sweetener for us, or I'm talking for myself here, but, but that's how I feel about this. Games is where it is, and if they come out with a good lineup of PSVR 2 titles straight off the bat, and the price is right, they got my money. And this would just be a nice little addition. But um, yeah, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I just kind of see this whole thing as all it takes is any developer of a VR game to be like, oh, Sony, listen, we've upraised this game, maybe change the texture or two, and maybe added a feature for the eye tracking you implement in your new hardware. Is it all right if we just upgrade this and just give it out to fans? Sony would literally have to be like, no, no, you need to put it on the store so we can make an extra 30 pence on your sale. Like, I feel like although Sony are stingy because they are they are stingy i don't think they're that stingy i think it'd be fine it may be a slight charge for upgrades but i don't think we'll see games dying on the psvr1 and not coming to psvr2 i think majority of games if not all of them will probably get an upgrade of some sort the problem lies though with psvr2 coming out and it's not as supported as we've all hoped, okay? So we haven't got that myriad of new titles which have been promised. The releases aren't coming out as quickly as possible. But we've all spent three, four, five hundred pounds on this new headset. What do we play? And then it gets that sour taste in your mouth where you're like, shit, I've just wasted my money. And I kind of can see it going down that route, guys. Yeah, there's definitely potential for that. I mean, the the PSVR 1, for all its faults, it was supported. You know, it, as much as I wished they'd put that time into VR, they put it into VR, and they actually did support it. it. had a good clip of games coming out, and there was first-party support, not as much as probably it should have had, especially with some of the key franchises that are missing from that device. But with the power that this has got under the hood... There's no reason why they can't put some of the bigger name franchises on here. And VR's moved on a lot since the PSVR 1 and its limited capabilities. You see what some of these people can do now with VR units and it's exciting times. And I'm sure when we get into the end of the year and we get to the supposed Sony showcase or we get to the Game Awards, we're going to see even more footage. But from what we've seen at the moment, there's no reason why they can't do this. And I think in answer to what Spence raised with... um, with game upgrades and stuff it's going to be developer by developer you know we see cyberpunk have done it really well in terms of being able to offer free upgrades for the ps5 versions whereas sony of course they they charge you at the wazoo for it it's going to be up to developer by developer if they want to do it and they want to put it out there for the goodwill of the fans they'll do it for those that want to see it as a way to be able to charge a surplus they'll do that i'm sure both avenues are going to be there to explore and Unfortunately, knowing by Sony's run running uh, running on the PS5, we're going to be paying for it for Astros. So that's probably just going to be one of those things. All I'll say to kind of wrap this up is that we saw how supportive Sony was of VR with the PSVR 1. I don't see any reason for them not to have the same attitude with this next system, especially considering the amount of work that's gone into this headset. And we get new controllers. We're not using shitty Wii Remote PlayStation moves. 
they've actually designed hopefully good handsets i think they're going to go all in and to kind of kill off these games that already exist it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make sense but i'm going to end it there i'm going to leave it there we've had a great discussion we'll bring it up when more news arrives so moving on philip hoy my friend you have a trend in the quick news as of late and that trend is giving me female characters so i'm gonna turn the tables a little bit and i would like to hear your best scarlet witch or wanda the love interest to davies impression quick news Okay, so Deathloop free golden loop update went live September 22nd, 2022, and it includes crossplay for PvP matchups across PSN, Xbox, Steam, Epic, and the Microsoft Store environments. So players can set crossplay matchups to any, which covers all formats, or same, which covers your platform as well as, and this is where it gets interesting, guys, stay with me, your preferred system. So all you console guys can remove the PC master race out of your games and start winning. We've got a new ability, which is the Fuge ability, which launches projectiles and slows targets and confuses them, almost makes them drunk. We've got a new weapon, which is the Halps prototype, which is effectively a laser gun that fires continuous beams capable of burning enemies. Uh, in addition to that, we've also got some upgrades for Juliana's masquerade abilities. Yeah, it's an old game now. The um, Deathloop, it came out on the PS5 and PC September 2021. But our Xbox brethren, they've only just got their hands on it. Now, Davey, I know you've completed this game a long time ago. My question to you is, Anything in that update bringing you back to the game? Absolutely not. No way in hell. I'm done with it. I'm totally done. I got the platinum. No collectibles for me to win. No little points for me to get. No little thank you very much. Here's your gold guns that I can put on my wall on my homepage. No. Not interested whatsoever. It was a good game. Not a great game. Nothing they're going to bring me back. Nothing at all. Now, Spencer, you haven't played the game or maybe played it a little tiny bit, but didn't really get on with it. Is there anything there that's going to spur you on? Because there are trophies available for this game. To quote SSJ Davey, absolutely not. I have got way too much to play. I haven't even started Half-Life yet. I'm halfway through Stray, halfway through Last of Us Part 1. I've got way too much on my plate. I haven't even played Stray in like a month. There is no way I'm going back to Deathloop. Not unless the world ends. And all that survives is me, my PS5, and the games I have at the moment. That's what it would take to make me go to Deathloop. None of this interests me at all. Now for myself, this timing is incredibly frustrating because at the beginning of the show, listeners, viewers, I let you know that I've completed Deathloop. So I don't think I'm going for the Platinum Trophy. And really, is there any other reason to go back if I was going to jumping and do some of this golden loop updates then maybe i could go for the platinum but i've already kind of said no because i've got so much games to play at the moment so yeah it's dead for me as well unfortunately moving on davy i want your best impression of the most famous of all superheroes samson the implanter <laughs> samson the implanter okay all right he's not a superhero he's a villain 
by the way. But uh, is is he? Doctor Doom was a villain. Is yeah. He can he can be a bit of both now and again. He can make it grow. He can make it fall off. He, he can, can give, do both. He right. Give with one hand, he takes with the other. What I'm imagining. Okay, I can take the headset off this. He's got the chair behind him. Come in. Sam? Dr. Samson, the implant, I'm here to discuss my hair. Do you have the money? Yeah, I, I do. I'll put it on the counter. Now look down at your hand, boy. What? What's happening? Ah! Ah! Pubes grown out of my hand! I don't take your money. I take your life. What I want is a favour. This favour, I will call at a time of my choosing. I want you to go now. Never speak of this day. For if you speak of it again, pubes will grow out of your tongue. And your wife will see you for what you are, you hairy little monster. Now go. Go and never look back. <laughs> Send in the next, Stephanie. Quick news. Assassin's Creed Showcase happened at Ubisoft Forward two weeks ago. Now, we're a little bit late going to this. We published the episode and the next one went up literally, well, this went up literally the day after we recorded. And uh, to be honest, I couldn't be asked to sit down and add it into last week's episode. So here we go. I'm not going to spend forever on this because Ubisoft Forward, without showing Splinter Cell, I didn't really give two shits about. However, there was one bit of news that I did like, and that was the Assassin's Creed stuff. So... We learned two bits of news that I think are quite interesting. And guys, I want to hear your thoughts on these. The first is Assassin's Creed Mirage. Now, this is a homage or <laughs> this is an homage to the early years of the franchise. So gone are the RPG-esque elements. Gone are the open world shenanigans that you can get up to in ancient Egypt and in Rome. This is a case of taking it back to its roots. So you're in 9th century Baghdad. And it's going to be a case of that old school Assassin's Creed actually sneaking around and killing targets. The stuff that they moved away from. It's coming out next year to the PS4, PS5, Xbox Series and PC. And that's coming in 2023. Really, really excited about that. And that may be the game that gets me back into Assassin's Creed. And then something that the fans have been asking for since the very first game. Assassin's Creed, codename Red. This is taking you to feudal Japan. Something the fans have asked for since the dawn of time. Everyone seems to be going back to feudal Japan at the moment, and it's about goddamn time Assassin's Creed went there. Unfortunately, it's a full RPG-esque like the newer Assassin's Creeds, but if I can live out my shinobi ways and be a little ninja running along the top of rooftops, throwing shurikens at people. I'm in. I am so in for this. Something for me to watch is definitely not going to be shown or definitely not going to be in our hands before 2024. But guys, these two bits of news, been off the rest of the Assassin's Creed news because it was garbo, didn't really care for any of it. Do any of these speak to you? Spencer, I think you've played Assassin's Creed 2, if I'm right. 
So Mirage is kind of going more so that style of design rather than what Assassin's Creed has morphed to in recent years. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I played AC2, I played AC1, and I played Brotherhood, and I played Assassin's Creed 3 when I got that for free with my NVIDIA GeForce GTX 670 AMP edition. I am done with Assassin's Creed. They could show me the most 10 out of 10 perfect game I've ever seen. And if they call it Assassin's Creed, I'm not playing it. I am done with that franchise. I cannot be asked. There's too much to play. It's, I've, uh, Assassin's Creed just kind of makes me feel like a kid again. Like those, that's what I played back when I was like 12. And although I'm back on COD now, I don't want to go back to Assassin's Creed as well. I've got big boy games to play. And for me, this just isn't one of them. I know it doesn't make a lot of sense, but in my mind, it's how it works. And I just, it's not a franchise that really speaks to me anymore. I've grown past it, beyond, even if it's set in Japan. It's just, I've, I'll just play Ghosts instead. Why? Nah, I'm good. Fair enough. Now, Phil, you were alive in 9th century Baghdad. So does this going to bring back some memories for you? Well, Davey. And I think what I'm going to say next might surprise you, and it might surprise our listeners and our viewers, but I have never, ever played an Assassin's Creed game. Little raise of the eyebrows there, but I have never played a single Assassin's Creed game. Holler at me, because I have never played one. It has just never spoken to me. For whatever reason, I know they're huge, I know they're very, very popular games, but I have never picked up the handset and thought, Do you know what, I'm going to play Assassin's Creed. But what you've been saying did sound interesting. And my counter question to you is, is this the time for me to dive in? Head first, because I think he does that, doesn't he? Dives off buildings head first. He does. Um, I'm not sure. We'll have to see more to see how this kind of speaks to me, I guess, as it goes on. But what I would implore you to do, and, uh, and granted, this isn't actually like the, uh, the old ones, but I suppose it kind of is. If you played... Maybe we could put it up for a spoiler cast from the past one day. If if you played Assassin's Creed Black Flag and you didn't like it, there's no way you'd like the series. Because I think that's the best implementation of the core mechanics of Assassin's Creed uh, in terms of the sneaking, in terms of the extra stuff you can do, but it doesn't get in the way. It kind of adds to it. Um, and with Assassin's Creed, it's like any Ubisoft game, really. They're checkbox games, like Far Cry is, that you go into a place, you've got a million icons everywhere, and you kind of tick them off. You tick off, you've got 30 different eagle visits. You've got 30 different messages to deliver. You've got 30 different targets to deliver, to kill. And you kind of tick them off. And it's something quite cathartic about doing these things. And it, it feels quite rewarding if the gameplay loop is right. And the old games did do that. The problem was there was one every year. And so I got burnt out after 10 odd entries back to back. It was too much for me. And I've walked away for, for now probably eight nine years so um so seeing it go back to that now is enough for me i think you need to try one before you buy one and uh, i've got i've got them if you want to borrow them um i I think it's certainly something that you might want to just tick off the list to know if you're in or out but if it's going back it's not going to change too much very kind of you davy i'll uh might take you up on that offer so philip hoy i'm going across to yourself for for an impression and I like the X-Men thing that we were going on today. I, I really do quite like it. Uh, I want to hear your impression of Gambit, because I know that you can actually do it right, and I want Spencer to know what it actually is supposed to sound like. 
So can I hear your impression, please, of Gambit? Your favourite X-Man, if I remember rightly. Go, mon ami, je suis. When he's talking to Rogue and he's trying to sweet talk her. So I'll go with that. Quick news. So guys, the Iron Man game has been confirmed by Motive, the team behind the Dead Space remake. Keep this in mind, it's an EA published game. And I quote, The news is out. We couldn't be more thrilled to collaborate with Marvel Games on an all-new single-player action-adventure Iron Man game. While we're still in early development, this is an exciting new adventure for our studio. Now, guys, how do you feel about an action-adventure Iron Man game? Coming over to Spencer first. I'll tell you how I feel about it with a story. So, I played the Iron Man 1 movie game when it came out, and I thought it was exceptional. Obviously, I must have played it, what, the film came out in 2008, so I was 10. I thought it was exceptional. Maybe one or two weeks ago, I watched a video about all the Marvel movie tie-in games, and I got a little peek back into what that game was really like. It was garbage. My my 14 years of thinking that game was a great game thrown out the window. It was absolute hot trash. So, do I think a new Iron Man game? It'll be better. It'll, it'll be a better game than that one that I played, the only Iron Man game I've played. Will it be good? We can only hope. We can only hope. I can see a lot of things you can do with Iron Man if it's taken in the right direction, give you the ab- the ability to control like your thrusters and your weapons and your defense like they did in the original game, the one that I played before. You could control how much power was diverted to each of your systems and it was actually awesome. Because if you went 100% in your thrusters, you were flying. If they could do that and just get you going, flight's the sickest thing in video games. Flying's so cool. If they can make it satisfying, kind of equal to Spider-Man swinging in Spider-Man PS4, if they could find the flight equivalent, hype, it'd be sick. And then they just need to give it decent combat because that's what the game that I played was lacking. It was mostly just hover and shoot. And that was it. If they can make it good, then give it to me. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. I cannot believe we both got suckered into buying that game because I remember watching the original Iron Man uh, movie with my friend Simo. He was the comic book guy, basically, but worked in a video store. Uh, And we went to watch Iron Man. He was quoting it all the way through. Absolutely ruined the movie. I got out and thought, that was brilliant. Really enjoyed that. This is the start of something big. Went around the corner to Blockbuster. There's a little nod to the oldies that listen to the show. And bought the game. And yes, I thought it was great as well when I was playing it. It was great flying around as Iron Man shooting lasers at people. And I really, really enjoyed it. But yeah... Looking back on it, I think we were both lied to because <laughs> that game was hot trash. <laughs> Absolutely trash. How about yourself, Davey? Are you looking forward to an Iron Man game? Um, well, just to kind of piggyback off what you guys were saying with that Iron Man game before, I was smart enough to realise it was shit when I played the demo of it. So the demo of it on PS3 came out, I downloaded it, and I was like, this is like every movie tie-in game that isn't wolverine origins it is shockingly bad and i did not purchase it i looked at the review saw it was a six out of ten and thought do you know what no i'm going to instead play socom 
or whatever I was playing back then. God knows in 2008, probably just Resistance 2, to be honest with you. Anyway, guys, um, the thing that gives me a little bit of confidence with this is it's done by Motive, the same team that are doing Dead Space Remake. And every single bit of footage that I've seen for Dead Space Remake looks insane. So graphically-wise, it's going to look awesome. When the team are given their own kind of freedom to develop something, and they don't have the basis there for, for what, res what came before in Dead Space, that's where the big question mark's going to be. And like you guys have said, flight, I think, is actually one of the hardest things to do well in video games. Because how do you get it so it's engaging? You know, all you have to do is look at Anthem, and that flight was kind of boring, really. It, it, was, it was okay, but there wasn't anything there that really made it feel engaging to, to actually do. They need to get the speed right. They've got to get that momentum and that agility that comes with flight right. And I think that's quite a hard thing to muster. I think that's the reason why we haven't seen a Superman game come out yet, because it is something that is actually quite difficult to, to pull off. Could they do it? Yes, I, I think they could. Um, the combat-wise, you've got to have a mix of melee uh, in, with, in with blasts, and you've got to have that kind of like Anthem's combat in a way, which actually was quite fun to do, but then dial that up a little bit more to make the hits more appealing. I, I think Motive could pull this off. Um, I definitely need to see more, um, but in terms of being like a kind of action RPG-esque thing, I, I'm down. I'm down for it. I think there's, I think there's lots of ways that it, this could work. Uh, I'll look forward to seeing more of this on the horizon when we eventually see it. Let me do a quick test. So we've just gone through the Shattered Dimension, and I'm going to read quick news again, at least the introduction. The Iron Man game has been confirmed by Insomniac. How do you feel about the Iron Man game, guys? It's going to be fucking incredible. Yeah, I mean, day one. Collector's edition. Yeah, buzzing. Now, that is the problem, isn't it? If it was Insomniac, we'd all be well behind this. We'd be hyped. We'd be buying the T-shirt. But there's just so many doubts in all our minds, I think, when it's an unproven studio picking up a Marvel game. And I don't mean unproven studio in the sense that they haven't made games before. I mean an unproven studio that hasn't done a Marvel game before. Because many have tried, and many have failed. There's two, maybe three, that have done okay, and one or two that have done great. But outside that, my God, everyone just crashes and burns. And I really like Iron Man. I would want to play this if it was good. So fingers crossed. Now that brings us to the end of quick news. Davey, you had some amazing impressions. Black Bolt, Vision, Dr. Samson, the Implanter. Spencer, you had Gambit, you had Rogue, and you had the Jugs. I did Doctor Doom, Scarlet Witch, and Gambit. But now it's crunch time. Let's separate the winners from the losers. Or maybe we're all just losers because we're all terrible. Coming over to you, Spence. Let's hear your worst. Who are you Who are you putting the L on? Okay. <clears throat> I knew who my, my worst was the second I heard it. And that was Davy's vision. Because he even got, got the quote wrong. He's, what vision says is, this is terribly well balanced. When he gives the hammer back to Thor. And I thought you know that easy. And that was deadlocked as my worst impression however however i then heard your scarlet witch phil which was just and that was it i'm not sure what you could have done but i thought it'd be better than that and for that reason i just have to give you my worst mate i do apologize i'll take it it's fine more female impressions for you next week davy 
Who are you going to slap the L on? I'm sorry to see it, mate. Spencer was in for a definite, definite punishment for both of his. But then your gambit was shocking. I really, I really expected. Like, you, you, you said, like, oh, I'm just going to chuck a mon me and a, some random French words. I thought you were going to go, like, maybe you got cards around, maybe throw a card at, at the screen, something, right? Like, really go for it. And it just wasn't there. There was there was the the attempt at the accent, which I, I I did appreciate, but it didn't go where I thought you'd go for 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 Gambit. So um, unfortunately, that that was my worst um, today. I, I I do apologize, but the, the it just wasn't there performance wise for me. I think that's the difference between a sober episode and an episode where we drink, because these accents get a lot better. But strangely, that I sort of closely resembled gambit spencer just said it in his own voice oh, yeah. like all his impressions spencer's were terrible yeah they were really bad so i don't know how my gambit impression was worse than spencer's i think because he just said some words in his accent <laughs> i think it's just my expectation you know what it's like on these it's an ever-moving goalpost that you'll never achieve none of us will ever get it right because the goalposts change moment to moment but for me i think it was my expectations for spencer are so low it doesn't take much to ov- to overcome them Whereas yours, I had such a high expectation for the gambit and it just didn't get anywhere near it. So I think that's why it's so much worse, even though Spencer probably should lose. But I, I, I'm, I'm putting it on you. Sorry. That's fine. That's fine. So it doesn't really matter who I put the L on, really. But I'm going to have to go with uh, Spencer's gambit because, yes, it was terrible. It was just him saying some words into a mic slightly hushed, which could be sexy ada wong it could be sexy rogue it could be gambit it could be any of his impressions because they're all the same so there's my l spencer who was your favorite my favorite had to be the impression and just the cinematography of dr samsung the implanter just the whole character coming to life how he works his day-to-day with his assistant stephanie just kind of the story that was told to me was just perfect. It was beautiful. I could, I was like, I was in the cinema watching a film. So for that reason, Davies, Dr. Samson, the implanter is my winner. Thank you for that. I really channeled uh, something I didn't know I had in me is it's hard to push out the dominion and to, and to really, you know, resonate with another character. But I, I did try to uh, grow the law for what was laid before. Coming over to yourself, Davy. who was your favorite of the night? And you can't nominate yourself. <laughs> no, we're not drinking. We're not drinking. Because every bloody time he <laughs> mentions himself today, oh, I'm so great. Come on. <laughs> um, You've got to pick between me and Spencer on this one. What ones, what ones did you have again, Phil? There was one that I really, really liked of yours. Oh, I know. Um, I really liked your Doctor Doom. I really liked your Doctor Doom. I was hoping, I was hoping, not going to lie, I was hoping for Marvel's Capcom 2. He's like, oh, but no socks. And he says something that nobody knows what it is. There's just lasers going everywhere. But um, but you gave the classic hidden missiles and you did the action for it for when he's pulled out as an assist. And I really enjoyed that. So that gets that gets my favorite of the evening. Thank you very much. Right. So over to me. Right. It's all in my hands. But yeah, Spence, you were never going to win this because that Dr. Samson, the implanter, he killed it. And you were doing an impression of something that we made up at the start of the show. So well done, because we believed you, and it was incredible. Um, I think he just talks in a relatively evil accent, just a little bit deeper. So we'll go with that for future shows if he turns up. 
You never know who's going to turn up. Is it going to be the Phantom Menace? Is it going to be Dominion himself with his branded butterscotch sweets? Or is it going to be is it going to be Samson himself, Doctor Samson, the Implanter? Who knows? Who knows? We'll wait and see. So, tying up the figures, Davy, you've got two wins. So you have won uh, tonight's quick news, which means, as we know, absolutely nothing. Because we don't celebrate winners, we just punch down at the losers. And this week it is me, so I'll take those punches. Put a shot on the dock. Let's move things on. Kick it! You wake up with a rumour and you don't want to go. You ask if it's confirmed, and they still say no. So, boys, we are on to rumour has it, and the first rumour is quite a juicy one for the less fortunate members of the PS5 family, let's say. Sony is going to make the PS5 console with a detachable disk drive that can be bought separately, supposedly supposedly now there are pictures of stuff like this and a lot of people are talking about it but it's basically a way for you to play physical hardware games whilst having a digital only version of the ps5 which i don't know why you would but it's a solution it's a solution what do you boys think about this do you think it makes sense or do you think tell you what i'd like to know your thoughts of it why they're doing this and i'd like to hear a price at the end davy mate start us off Sure. Um, yeah, Joe, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a really, really good idea. We, we've talked loads in the past about having consoles that are kind of like upgrade, upgradable, kind of moddable consoles. Um, things that used to always go on back in the, uh, the old school days of like, uh, you know, the Nintendo consoles and the Segas. Um, I, I think this is brilliant because it just gives people options then. There might be somebody who's bought a, uh, a PS5, which digital only, and they've moved to an area that's got really bad internet speeds or that they have download limits and they can't download the games they want to have. Or they've just realized that, you know what, if you go physical, sure, it's a more expensive version of the console, but you can go on eBay and you can go to CX and you can go to places that you can buy games. And I think giving people the option, more options are always better than no options. And personally, I think that they could always go out on the basis they say, right, well, we're only going to make the digital console from here on. Only going to be digital. But if you want to, you can then buy this separately if you want. And I think that's an option then for... Because let's be honest, the digital console looks way better. It's way, way better. And if I could have that looking lush down there, where I can't see my PlayStation, to be honest, anyway. But if I had it so that it was on the side or wherever and it, I could display it, and then have the little disk drive tucked behind it or something, just out of the way so no one's looking at it. That would be a win-win for a lot of people. And it gives options to those that, that don't have that. I think it's a brilliant idea. Cost-wise, to answer your second question, can't be much. You're talking the difference between the physical and the digital, so $50. And that would be that would be the price difference for me. I think that's how much the, the difference is these days. Is it 50? I don't even know. It's been so long since we've uh, actually bought our PS5, so I don't know what the cost is. Can you give me a um, can you give me a price on that, Mr. Spencer? I don't have a fucking clue. 
nothing else to do. So that's all I So I have the information that you require, my friend. It is roughly a £90 difference. Oh, is it that much? 90, 90 quid? Fuck. Uh, well, I mean, going off that basis, yes, I suppose it would have to be that. It would have to be 90. But uh, that does seem quite expensive for a fucking disk drive. But um, hell, if that's what the difference is between the two right now, I I'm going to have to state my claim on it being that much. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. You bring some great points in your little discussion there. Fill it, mate. I'd like to pass it to you. What are your thoughts? And after that, what are your thoughts on the price range? Well, Spencer, I think this is madness. Wherever this room has come from, they've been sipping the crazy juice. They've been listening too much to Lewis's podcast, and they have gone crazy. Because I just don't understand the use case for this. I just don't understand who buys this if you want physical then you would want a physical console and i think if you want something badly enough you would end up finding it and buying it don't get me wrong i love the idea of a modular console i liked back in the day where sega had their 32x nintendo they had their expansion pack you plug it in but it would upgrade the system right so if ps5 were going to give you an upgraded memory chip for example or something that improved the graphics the processor speed i'd be all for that but this just seems like the wrong way around for me this is just kind of just solving a problem which i don't think exists cost wise this has got to be around the hundred pound mark all day long. Come on, it's Sony. They're gonna charge us out the wazoo for this. They're <laughs> sucking up our money if they can, right? And if this if this exists and that's what they'd be doing, right? I don't think it's gonna happen, but if it will, I'm going with a hundred pounds. So the ninety-nine ninety-nine kind of area. Alright? Okay, mate. Strong argument, strong argument from yourself. Kind of different side to Davy. Kind of both opposing forces at the moment. So let me be the middle man. Phil, I kind of agree with you. I don't think there's a lot of purpose with this. David, you brought some great points of potential uses. I think the best use you'll get from it, personally, would just be because the digital looks nicer. Like you said, that's what I thought originally as well. Whereas the digital is easily a cleaner looking version of the PS5 and just tuck the disk drive behind it. The kind of issues that lie with having a digital only, this does fix them, but it's just not an ideal solution. It doesn't look nice. It's not clean. It's not something that attaches to the console. You just plug it in. It's like having an external hard drive plugged in at all times. It's kind of an eyesore. So I don't think it's amazing. It kind of feels to me as if this is like a developer tool, you know? where they ship them out a couple of PS5s and they're like, oh, we need a disc tray for this or we need an extra disc tray for this, you know, to have multiple disc trays to try different things out on the console. This is what it feels like to me rather than a consumer product. I mean, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Why, my theory, I have a theory on why this could be true. And that is because they're in works with the PS5 Pro right now. And I think they're trying to make it roughly the same size as the PS5 physical but more powerful. And to do that, they need the extra space that's taken up by the disk drive. So this could be a way to give you a more powerful PS5 in the same form factor and still make it capable of playing physical games. And that's kind of my thought process with this and how it's going to work. I think in terms of price, I think 
really it's going to be naughty like Davey, but I'd like to say you fucked up buying a digital. Sony's going to be like, oh, now you want physical games too. You give us more money. I'm going to say 110. I'm going to think Sony's going to rip you off. Because why wouldn't they? I think we're all we're all there. We're saying that, yeah, do you know what? We do love this ecosystem, but they do rip us off. And we know that. So Phil's going on the basis that this isn't true. Do you know, I'm going on the same basis. I don't think this is true either. I, I think if it did exist, more options are better than no options. Um, so, so I'm all for it. I don't think it exists either. Spencer, are you saying this exists or doesn't exist? I'm in the mindset currently that it doesn't exist for retail. I think it exists as something that, like Phil said, devs would use. I don't think it exists for something they're going to be selling. Not anytime soon. So guys, I've got a rumor for you. And it relates to a little game called Silent Hill. Now, a new Silent Hill game has been rated in Korea, of all places. And it's called Silent Hill, A Short Message. And it could be a playable teaser for a bigger game. What do you guys think of this? Could this be on the horizon? I know we're all big survival horror fans, and especially of Silent Hill and the game that cannot be mentioned. I'm going to come over to Spencer first. Truth or lie? Okay, before I decide if this is a rumor yet, I'm going to discuss what it could potentially mean. And for me, I hear Silent Hill and Playable Teaser shortened to PT. Oh, baby. Imagine, imagine if this is just like a version two of PT. Oh, that'd be so sick. There's something everyone's been asking for, everyone wants, everyone needs. PS3s with PT installed go for so much. If this was kind of... eBay would have a horrible day if this was that. But I want it to be that. I mean, granted, it's probably for a new game, not for whatever they were working on back then. Silent Hills, I think it was. So it's going to be something different. But if it's the same kind of atmosphere and feel and just pure terrifying horror that PT had, I'm keen for it. So my my heart's saying it's true. I mean, if it's rated in Korea, I don't know how we can really debate it being true or not. I'm not sure why it'd be in Korea, but my heart says it's true. So I'm going to stick with that. What are you saying, Davey? Truth or lie? 100% truth. 100%. I think you guys are getting too caught up on this, the title of being the short message. This is just the next Silent Hill game. The one that we've seen with the Minga written on the face and all that stuff. It's exactly the same thing. Guarantee. All it means is that we are very close to seeing this. We've been putting this on every single predictions for pretty much since that first leak went out. This is just more fuel to that fire. There's nothing new here other than now we got a title for it. Could it potentially mean a little demo going to PlayStation Network? Yeah, it could well do. I'm just going on the basis that we know now that Silent Hill is on the is around the corner. It's not too far away before we see some more information on this. And this is 100% truth. And this is going to be, mark my words, listeners, mark my words, at the PlayStation Showcase when that does get shown. There's too much smoke here without fire. We have seen the Helldivers 2 leaks. We, we've seen this. We've seen all these different announcements for PSVR 2 that that we'd still don't know price or, or anything like that. There's too much stuff here 
to not be able to bundle it all in a really nice, impactful showcase. And the rumor was that on the last State of Play that we had a couple of weeks ago, there was a game on there from Asia that didn't get, that didn't hit the time that they needed for the cutoff for the State of Play. So there was a game that wasn't included there that should have been. And otherwise they would have had the State of Play actually a little bit earlier than it was. This is it. This is it. It was going to be Silent Hill. I, I guarantee it. It was going to be. And it just didn't make it. it. Just didn't. They just didn't quite have the resource there on hand to be able to put in. It's going to be shown soon. It's going to be there. And if we do not have a state of play and we're waiting until the Game Awards, I will be amazed. I mean, you can't really predict these things with PlayStation, but and I normally get these predictions wrong, but this makes way too much sense to me to be anything different. But yes, 100% real. What are you coming down on with this one, Philip Hoy? It's funny because normally your predictions are wrong. So have you cursed Silent Hill? Can you curse a game like that? Because it's full of curses and monstrous goings on. Because you might have actually just cursed it. But you're right. Silent Hill has been coming for some time now. And they've been blue balling us on this IP for too long. Why would it be a lie? What's the point in creating all this hype around nothing? It's dumb. It's definitely Silent Hill. It's happening. It's confirmed. We're getting it. And that brings us on to the topic. Stop. Topic time. And here we are, the end topic, the main finale to the show, to episode 52. And we are, of course, discussing the Grand Theft Auto 6 leaks. This has been the biggest leak ever known in gaming. It's been absolutely massive. Now, I'm sure all of you listening to this will know about it because this has been an ongoing story that's been happening for the last couple of weeks while we've been between episodes. But for those that don't know or don't have a clue, then basically what happened is that Rockstar got hacked and over an hour of alpha footage or even pre-alpha footage went up online, including assets, including characters, including locations, very rough stuff. And what it's done is it's caused a massive kind of outcry, I suppose, from a very vocal minority on Twitter and social media who seem to think the game looks like shit because it's pre-alpha footage. And they seem to think that Rockstar fallen off and the oh, this, this isn't ready. Look, 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 look. And what that caused then was a stack of developers coming out and doing something which I think is really lovely where they're showing, this is what our game looked like in Alpha. And they show, like, Insomniac have come out with it. Media Molecule have come out with it. Low, every studio you can think of has gone out to support this because people are fucking dumb. And it turns out that we can't expect people to think rationally anymore because everyone's a fucking idiot. And they can't seem to understand what pre-alpha even means. Now, GTA 6 is obviously a, a long way off. Uh, we're probably not going to expect to see this in any shape or form until 2024, I imagine. And Rockstar has since come out with a message basically saying that, uh, confirming that they had been hacked and that development will continue as normal. And we'll show you when we're ready to show you. Now, this story has since developed into the hacker, the or the alleged hacker, has been arrested and there's been a charge which has been laid. So... This is from the City of London Police, um, and I'm going to read this uh, out in full. It's not very long. 
Detective Inspector Michael O'Sullivan from the City of London's Police Cyber Crime Unit said the City of London Police arrested a 17-year-old in Oxfordshire on Thursday the 22nd of September on suspicion of hacking as part of an investigation supported by the National Crime Agency's NCA National Cyber Crime Unit. He's been charged in connection with this investigation and remains in police custody. The teenager has been charged with two counts of breach of bail conditions and two counts of computer misuse. He will appear at Highbury, uh, Highbury Corner Youth Court on Saturday 24th of September 2022. Now, there's been no further news that's come out from that, other than this chap has apparently been responsible for the Uber leak that happened a little while ago as well. So, very prominent group, and he's part of an organization called Lapsus, but I'm not going to get too much into that. I don't really want to put, um, put light and eyes on someone that really shouldn't have any, that should just be sent down and it all put to bed and his name not be put out there for people to try and hold up as some kind of saint of gaming. Because honestly, I think this is fucking disgusting. So guys, I want to kind of come over to you and get your thoughts on the GTA 6 leaks. Um, And from what you've seen of the game so far, your kind of of thoughts on the whole situation and on what we've seen of the game before then we branch off into a kind of deeper discussion on going from there. Mr. Philip Hoy, I'm going to come across to you first. Can I get your your thoughts on this entire this entire thing, please? Yeah, for sure. And just to give the listeners and the viewers a little bit of background on me, I'm a developer, uh, not a games developer, but I make websites. Um, and for me, visuals are always the last bit of the puzzle, really. CSS, front-end JavaScript, you know, that's the cherry on top of the pudding. So no shit that the game looks terrible in alpha. It's pretty obvious, right? Those people that are bashing the game for looking terrible, they've just got no clue about how any of this works. Imagine starting with graphics and then writing the functions around the graphics. It just it doesn't link up for me in my mind. I mean, if you look at any of my sites, they always look great wherever we are in development. And that's hoy.co.uk for all your website's needs. But I get it, right? the game is going to look terrible before you polish it. And that's where they're at. That's what we're seeing. And this is the reaction of the mindless people on Twitter. Don't at me. Couldn't agree more. People on Twitter, the good ones out there, you know who you are because you're following us. But it turns out everyone else out there is a goddamn liability. Spencer Davis, thoughts on this entire thing with GTA? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm against leaks because leaks can be good things especially when they're rumors more than actual leaks because when you get a rumor it just it it increases the flame it adds a lot of speculation and stuff and that's what i like about leaks when they're cold cut leaks showing gameplay showing everything the devs have worked towards so far that's what i don't like and this leak was disgusting twitter had a field day with these leaks and for some reason, like you boys have talked about, everyone's saying it looks terrible because apparently graphics come first. No, they fucking don't. Even people who aren't game devs, people who just play games, knows that's not the case. Like, there were so many devs that reached out and showed pre-alpha footage of their games, and we've seen pre-alpha footage anyway, just some studios showing it off. This game, GTA 6, considering where it is in development, looks awesome. It looks stunning. 
It actually has environments and character models and moving lips with the dialogue. It has so much work done into it already. You compare it to the Last of Us uh, development they showed or Control that they showed or anything else. It's just cubes in the environment, untextured cubes. And that's at the same point in development as GTA 6, which has full working environments with ray tracing. Well, I don't know if it's ray tracing. has lighting for one. And it has just loads of stuff. It's full. This game looked great. I know a lot of people are kicking off about it, but if this is how good it looks this early on, I can only expect amazing things to come from this game. And these leaks, as much as a lot of people shat on them, they've kind of increased my hype for GTA 6, seeing how much work Rockstar are actually putting into this title. I don't think these leaks should have happened. I wish they didn't, but I'm kind of grateful I saw them because now I might be going back. Do I, I completely agree with you. I was actually really surprised at how good it looked for, for pre-alpha footage. I thought it looked incredible. And judging by what we've seen them put out so far with like Red Dead 2, granted I haven't played Red Dead 2, but I've seen enough of it to know that it's an actual technical marvel. And for the sandbox they created in that to be something that we haven't experienced on, on last generation, let alone this generation so far, it's, it's simply stunning. And so to see where they are now with this, with the two different characters, and uh, we don't know if those designs are final, of course, but if they are final, they look great. I mean, the subway looked awesome. Confirming it was Vice City was cool. Um, yeah, I'm. Th- this stoked the fire for me as well. I got to say, I was I was really impressed by what I saw at this early stage of development. Um, but of course, piggybacking on what you said there, this is kind of where I want to take the conversation into how we feel about leaks and if they do harm for the industry or not. I think what you said there was a, was a really good point um, about the different types of leaks you can have in that you can have some which are just a rumor with nothing substantiated, maybe a screenshot or something, and then you get full-blown hacks like this. Now, something that's very, very dear to us is the is Capcom. I'm really being really careful here not to say the game that can't be mentioned. But we had an NVIDIA leak last year, which has turned out to be completely true from everything we've seen, the amount of game announcements that came out. And we chose at the time to not really cover that and not really go through it because we'd seen it and we'd been spoiled for a lot of things and we didn't want to spoil you guys as our audience. Now, with leaks on that scale, like the NVIDIA leak and this, kind of piggybacking off what you said does it harm does it harm us as an audience or does it actually give us more to talk about and more things to to learn about phil poy i'm going to come over to you so davy leaks for me they just put so much pressure on developers it just puts them in a position where they have to feel like they need to apologize for their work something they've put so much effort, so much time into. And then their focus is is moved away from what we want them doing. They are developers. We want them developing. We don't want them managing all the bollocks that we see on Twitter. I do like the stories of how the hacker did the exploit and how they got into the company and how they got the information. I get off on that. I love all those stories. It's really, really interesting stuff. But do I actually care about the leak itself? I was one of the only ones, and I definitely was on this podcast, not to even read the Capcom leaks. So when I was doing my predictions, 
I was truthful. I didn't know these games were coming out because I didn't care. I didn't want to spoil it for me because I like the anticipation. You obviously see things in social media, but ultimately I wanted to go in with a clean view of what was coming up on Capcom. And I did. And I think that's the right way to do it. If you support these companies with your wallets, then you should support them in their time of need. And I think when they're being exploited like Rockstar are now, then you need to stand with them and don't, you know, give the hackers what they want. And they want to create all this hysteria and kind of conflict online. Just don't even mention it. I wouldn't even tweet about it. I don't even know why we're talking about it, guys. We shouldn't. We shouldn't smoke that fire. It's a very difficult thing, I think, with uh, with some of this, because in a way, in a way, I'd love for the for gaming to be like the movie industry is, where we know what's coming up. For say the Marvel suite, for example, we know everything that's coming out from them now for the next two phases, and we got that written down. We see that, and then all we do is we wait until we see a trailer for that in two years' time or whatever, and nobody asks anything else. You know, we just we know it's coming. We'll sit there patiently and we'll wait till the trailer just drops one day on Twitter and then everyone goes fucking crazy for it, right? And and that's how, and that's how that works. That's how that industry works. They announce these things are in development. They announce they're in pre, pre-development. They're writing it. They just announce that kind of stuff. And then it goes dark. And then when it's ready to be shown, it gets shown and everyone goes hyped for it. The problem with games is that what I've realized from this leak is that we, and I'm using the collective we, it's not obviously us, but we as an industry are just fucking idiots. We're just idiots and we can't handle that. We we just cannot be trusted with that level because all we do is we badger the shit out of developers until we see something from it. Or we end up just making rash, crazy ass things that then go viral as hell on Twitter. We 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 just are not mature enough as a as a as a consumer of games to be able to be trusted with the information about what devs are doing because we're just either impatient or we just lack the ability to be able to sit back and wait as soon as you know. Do you think I'm kind of off base with that one? With that at all? Leaks like this one hundred percent harm the audience, namely me. And that's because they remove speculation. The best part of a game coming out is getting to speculate about it and have conversations with your friends about, oh, what if they do this? Maybe they'll add this. What if they change this? Oh my God, it's going to be sick. And if you've seen pre, pre, pre alpha footage, you're like, oh, so they haven't done that. Oh, this still works the same. And sure, there's time for it to change, but it shouldn't. The consumer shouldn't have input on a game before release or at least before it's been intended to be shown because that's the developer's vision they want to give you the experience they want to give you they don't want you to accidentally see footage way too early and then twitter come up in arms and force the developers to change when they haven't even shown you their finished product yet i don't know how us as gamers are so happy to just relinquish ourselves of speculation it's the best thing about gaming about a game coming out is speculating. It's the most fun part. I was just going to jump in. That's 90% of our show spent. So don't say we don't speculate. Exactly. Exactly. But then the thing is, we have a topic on the show called Rumor Has It. We can't do that if games get leaked way too early. Rumors can't exist. You can't speculate on what developers can be doing. 
it's nothing but harmful to the industry, to the developers, to the consumers, to everyone. It sucks. It sucks. I mean, I'm glad I saw it. I'm not glad it was shown. And that's probably about how much I can say. I hope that we as an industry can evolve and let developers do what they do and let consumers buy what they buy. I think what I'd like to see personally is one one day we get to a point where... And this is very difficult for me because I have to change my entire mindset because my mindset is the same as probably your guys is, same as probably most of you listening to the show are, in that I love it when I get a surprise. So I love it when there's something I don't expect. And that's the best thing ever. So like knowing now that I know that Helldivers is on the horizon, it was great. And I had that pop-off scene in it. I loved it. But can you imagine if that was the just one more thing moment? Like that would make a conference for me. Whereas now I'll see it and I'll be like, yes, they showed it. Yay, it's definitely real. But it's not the same. It's like the scene that if we'd watched that Disney Garbo conference that we watched and we didn't know the Black Panther game was in development. That would be something like, it's a nice little thing for you to learn about, right? Like, it's cool. It gives us something on the show to talk about and to then speculate on what are they going to do with this. Like, we know now about Silent Hill again. What are they going to do with that? What What's going to happen? It does take the shine out of that, having that knowledge pre-going in. But, like you said, Spencer, the fun is in then speculating it and then finally seeing it and seeing if you're speculation is wildly out of control or if it's not and there's there's a lot of fun with that too um it's a very difficult thing because on one hand i don't want to know anything and i want to be i just want it to to be shown to me when they're ready to announce it but then on the other hand it would be quite nice to say like sony come up and they say right here's our 10 studios or whatever here's everything they're working on here's the titles of everything that's coming out for you over the next three years We'll have more to show you when it comes out. And then you think, right, okay, well, we know we got on the horizon. We got this, 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 and the other. And that would be awesome to know, to be able to say, right, well, this is our suite that we're going to be combating Xbox with, like Xbox have done with their thing. But I just don't think us as an audience are mature enough yet to then be able to go from one state of the play to the other and then say, why didn't they show, why didn't they show Infamous 3? Why didn't they show Resistance 4? Why didn't they show all these things that are working on? Because that would definitely be the conversation that we would have time and time and time again. So I think we've got a long way to go before we catch up to the movie industry until we get to that point where there's that mutual trust between the two of us. And until we get to that point, I think what you're saying, Spence and and Phil, is golden in terms of we just got to hopefully people just shut the fuck up and just not not release this stuff and rumors are great because a lot of rumors are bollocks and a whole point of our rumor has it topic is do we believe it or not because a lot of it is bullshit <sighs> i kind of want to know though it's so difficult well mate when it's an obviously detrimental leak and i believe this one to be that and by by that I mean that it wasn't planned by the publisher or, you know, the marketeers behind the scenes pulling the strings, making the puppets dance. Because we've seen that before with games that have maybe not got the hype that the shareholders are expecting. As I said, we as customers should stand with the developers and ignore the bullies of the world. This 
It's an attack on our industry. And it hurts. It really does. It hurts everybody involved. So we shouldn't support anything to do with it, and we should just ignore it. And I, I hear what you're saying, Davey. You kind of want to know, but I think to support this industry, you need to turn a blind eye, mate. You really do. Perfectly said. Absolutely perfectly said. I, I think you're completely 100% bang on. Audience, I'd love to know what you think about this. Write into the email psvtrust at gmail.com. You can also contact us in a variety of ways. We are on Twitter. We're on Reddit. We're on all your socials. You click on a social, you click on Bebo, you click on MySpace, you click wherever you go. Habbo Hotel, I'm sure there's a space for NPS we trust there. It probably isn't, but uh, just check the description for the YouTube video or in the podcast description. Anyway, guys, that has been episode 52. And just while we wrap this up, I'm going to get into my normal stance of bowing down to you, our audience, and asking you to do me a favor. I really appreciate everybody who has gone on and left a review on podcast services. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, put a like on the video, whatever. I really, really do appreciate you because it helps us find a growing audience. Our goal at the moment is to get to 20 reviews on Spotify and on YouTube to hit 100 subscribers by the end of the year. We are very close to both. The last time I checked, and granted it's been a week or so since I last checked, we were at 16 reviews on Spotify. We're at 91 subscribers for YouTube. So go on there. If you listen to the show, if you enjoy it, go on there and help us out with that. It does make a big difference to us finding a larger audience. We are already the fifth or sixth best, I think it's the fifth best PlayStation podcast on the internet. Fifth or sixth. We don't know. It's been a while since we actually checked ourselves. We want to be the fourth, the third, the second. We want to be number one, baby. And we can't do it without you. So please, please show your support. We do this for free. We don't make a goddamn cent off this. It would really mean a lot for us. But that's enough of me simping. I'm going to go back to calling you all fucking idiots who use Twitter. And if you aren't following us on Twitter, then as I mentioned earlier, you are an idiot. But uh, that's your choice. If you want to become one of the smart people that follow us, then uh, you know where we are at NPS We Trust. Guys, we're ending the show. What a pleasure it's been to sit down with you both, to come up with your villain names, to go through all the great stuff we've gone through this episode. If I might say so myself, I'd rate this a five star on all podcast services and definitely put a subscribe on. But that's enough of that. My name is Davey. Thank you for joining me. I have, of course, been joined with Mr. Philip Hoy. Thank you very much. And Mr. Spencer Davis. Cheers, mate. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to be with both of you. And that's it for this episode, guys. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See ya. Peace, 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 peace. In PS We Trust is hosted by Davey, Phil, and Spencer. You can write into the show via our email, pswetrust at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at inpswetrust. To find each of us online, follow our Twitters at ssjdavy, at philiphoy, at spenpie underscore. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See ya.